Surprise, motherfuckers! This is one of those episodes where I don't have a really fun bit to do because I couldn't think of one in time. And also a whole lot of shit went down for me the past three weeks. I'm like, I can't, I just can't pick one. But for those of you at home taking bets on how many Evangelion films I have yet to watch before the magic number 300, if you bet two, well, then you win absolutely nothing. You just win bragging rights because I only have two films left to go and I have a deadline to watch them. So yippee-ki-yay, let's go! And that's the <laughs> and ben. of course i am here with my bros we, it is episode 299 of the fake nerd podcast we are talking about cassian andor elden ring the manga i am here I with brandon t mcclure shut up wait. i'm not done yet right. i just need i just need a thing to put for like the news it helps our algorithm does it okay it, it does it. Cool. Oh, okay but yeah i'm here with brandon t mcclure that's the gentleman who is talking about the news algorithm i'm of course here, here with the Still here. I'm also with uh, Ryan Eliopoulos. It's true. Not every day. All of it. And of course, Sparks Witty, who had a cat who was petting a cat five seconds ago, and the cat's still there. Mm-hmm. It's a house full of cats in this place. I feel house like full ben of cats. Just listened to last week's episode right before recording this and came in with like energy about us just ragging on him for not <laughs> did you watching the no. movies. I actually did not, but now that you told me, I'm com- I'm going to. No, our plan, uh, Sparks, our plan now is ruined. No, that's perfect. Better late than never. Okay. Uh, uh, you guys, so so let me guess. All last week you guys were just ragging on me not watching the Evangelion films. Or... No, we were just you know, we were just talking about how how we love you and we recognize your patterns of behavior and your patterns of behavior are do things at the last minute, even though we gave you six months plus delays of warning about the Evangelion films. You will put it off until the very week of, for sure. You always do. But he does it. But important. you get it done. That's what's important. But you get it done. And get my shit done. Because that's it's what a important. professional does. With all this talk of Evangelion, perhaps you don't know this already, audience, but our 300th episode is coming up. It will be next week with a discussion of the rebuild of Evangelion uh, theatrical films. Um if you remember way back a couple years ago to 200, uh, we talked about the TV series. And this time we get to talk about the movies. And I'm very excited. Really love those movies. And I watched them far too early for this discussion. So I am currently re-watching them. Yep, that, that's, what, that's what happens. That's why I'm watching yes. them next week. Yep. But we're very excited. The so how that's going to go pretty much is there is going to be a, a live recording of our of of our news section. Basically, the beginning of the podcast, as you know, it will be live on that Sunday for our 300th episode, and then the next day will be re-uploaded with the main topic. The main topic is far too big uh, to be put to be put in the one episode. And frankly, uh, by the time we got to it, we are afraid we might be too tired to discuss it. So we do it before the episode. We're mm-hmm. jazz. We're excited to talk about it. We could go on for hours. We probably do. Stay tuned. Uh, very excited for 300 next week. Cool. Shall I talk about the links? Link it up, Buttercup. Yes. All right. We do have a few links in the description below, such as two fake nerds watches for two fantasy series. Uh, House of the Dragon the Game of Thrones uh, prequel series, House of the Dragon. You guys revisited it and talked about two through five. It's mm-hmm. true. That show's back. Almost better than ever. Not quite. I'm glad it's good. 
better than where it left off. It, it, it'd be hard. Better than the last time we saw Westeros. We'd be in serious. <laughs> we'd have serious issues if it was that bad. Yes. Uh, and we also did a Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. Uh, Fickner's Watch, where we talked about episodes one through four. Uh, so basically half the series. Um, spoilers, we all really like that show. So we're happy that Lord of the Rings is back and it's good. And uh, check out that Fickner's Watch for it. I, I have thought about little else this week. Besides I'm, I'm just thinking of I'm thinking of, of Hot D and Hot Elves. Those, those, I always those, think about Hot D. <laughs> then you should you should definitely be on then our fake nose watch Brandon. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean House of the Dragons. Mm. Gosh, we need to you need to you need to tell us those things. Um, Jesus, uh, there's plenty more fake nose watches coming, as you probably no doubt know from the title of this episode. We have snuck in a new fake nose watch. Uh, we had to do it again, uh, due to scheduling reasons and various other things, uh, to talk about Star Wars Andor. So that will be later today. From then on, Star Wars Andor will be its own fake nose watch series. Um, as the series continues. Um, and if you guys want to see us do more stuff, you know, we are, we're always trying to trying to do more. Uh, uh, there's, but there's so much to do and with scheduling and the fact we don't do this full time, you know, consider supporting us financially on our Patreon or our Public, which are linked below. Mm-hmm. That was smooth as hell. Uh, there's also a Fake Nerd Podcast review special for 3,000 Years of Longing, the new George Miller uh, movie. Idris Elba, Tilda Swinton. Sparks was kind enough to put that up. There will be an audio going up soon. I just got my computer back, so I'm kind of fixing it up again, making sure it can do what it needs to do still. So, so I'm going to be catching up on some audio shows this week. So stay, so be on the lookout for on the, on the audio feed. Uh, but that's a good movie. Spoilers. I like that movie a lot. You can't keep spoiling. They, that's why the reviews out there, Brandon. They got to go watch the. The reviews are for the more new ones. They don't know why. All right, on this weekend. Uh, I also, the links below are, of course, my screen rant pieces. Um, this week, a George Miller piece actually went up. I, uh, that one finally went up. And I think the, hmm, I forgot the other piece. But the the George Miller one is a good segue. Um, basically ranked all the George Miller films according to Rotten Tomatoes. It's a fun list that I like. Every now and then you get some of the more easy ones. and They're always fun to do. And I also have a news piece for AtomicGeekdom.com, uh, which is another site I write for that where I talked about the reveal that Scott Bakula is not in the new Quantum Leap series that went up this week. Um, I'm kind of doing some writing off and on, and so that was one of the pieces that was finally finished. So check that out. Both are linked below. All those shows that we did are linked below. Who wants to go first of the week? I will go first. Hi, Grayson Live. Thanks for stopping uh, by. Homie. Grayson. Uh, thank you, bud. Appreciate that. Of course. Uh, Grayson says, so close to 300. Woo, congrats, FNP crew. Thank you, sir. I did one single solitary thing this entire week, and it was played Cyberpunk 2077, and I will talk about that more on our Fake Nerd Basement Arcade quarter annually, quarterly annually, whatever thing we call it, in a couple weeks. That's my week. All right. Sparks a bit? Uh, I will go. I only have one thing to talk about that wasn't House of the Dragon and Rings of Power. I saw Bros. Uh, the upcoming Billy Eichner rom-com film. I saw it at an early screening, and it was really, really great. Um, I would argue that, trying to remember all the movies I saw this year, but I think it's the funniest movie I've seen this year, as far as new films. I feel like there haven't been as many hot comedies this year. No. um, That's strong. I think this is a very, very good comedy. I highly recommend people should go see it. Um, It's awesome. It's the first... uh, uh, gay male rom-com 
of its kind. So that's really great. Um, it's just super well made. I was really pleased to see it. Uh, had a great time. Just go check it out when it hits theaters later this month. I'm I'm really excited to see it. I love Billy Eichner. I watched literally every single one of his Billy on the Streets interviews oh. the past two days. Every single one because they're only two minutes long. Uh, that dude's great. Can't wait to see it. Uh, this uh, this came up because uh, last week we talked about Do Revenge, and I talked about uh, Ben wasn't here, but uh, I talked about how I felt like the polyamory nods slash representation were not very good in Do Revenge. It was one of my slights against the film. Boy, then I went and saw Bros like the next day, and uh, Bros has fantastic polyamory representation, like really really good. So I was like, wow. Well, it's, I'm glad it's somewhere. Yeah, I'm glad it's somewhere. <laughs> Love it. Uh, that comes out this coming Friday. Yes, September 30th. I think it's Love paired it. with Smile. So, you know, fun weekend. Perfect, perfect double pair. <laughs> yeah. Anything yeah. else, Parks? Well, go get creeped out by Smile and then go see Bros. I, I moved. Yep. We, we moved. Uh, ben, you want to go next? Yeah, sure. Oh, so, I was going for... Real quick, real quick. Sorry. I did, I did like, really start playing Cult of the Land. And I really like it, and I'm going to talk more about it on quarterly, but like, it's a good game. These guys have mentioned it. It's a good game. I'm happy to be playing it. That's it. I'm done. All right. So actually, I'm going to I'm gonna kind of swoop in, Ben, because I just want to clear the board. I did nothing this week. I have nothing of notes to talk about. I had a very... I blinked, and it was already Sunday. Yep. The week completely threw me by, so I got nothing to say. Damn, am I the one who actually has a lot of shit to talk about this week? Go for it, buddy. You got the floor. I mean, oh, yeah. I actually have two weeks. Well, the one That's thing right. I you were gone last week. I'm sorry. I, I, I was gone last week. Um, uh, TLDR, my dad flew into Las Vegas. That was the closest airport and the cheapest airport for him to fly in to visit my grandmother in Kingman, Arizona. So I drove up to Vegas to pick up my dad from the airport, and then I drove to Kingman to visit my grandmother. Always great to visit my grandmother. I um, this is a sports ball thing. I finally got to see Allegiant Stadium in real life. I haven't mm-hmm. seen it IRL before, although I was a little bummed. Because I had planned to go to the Raiders store at Allegiant Stadium on the Saturday I was picking my dad up. One problem. They're closed on Saturdays. They're open Monday through Friday but and closed to the public on game days. And they're closed completely on Saturdays. So that was a bummer. But I did find a Raiders store in the Miracle Mile shops in Hollywood and in Planet Hollywood. So I got some Raider gear. So yay, Las Vegas Raider stuff. And uh, so I went to a nature park with my grandma, which it's a... So this nature park is like a, essentially like an animal sanctuary where these animals just live out the rest of their lives in these um, habitats. And they, cause they're too, they can't be released in the wild or else they will die. And mm-hmm. some of the animals that they had were actually from Tiger King. They had some of the Tiger King tigers there. Did you get their autographs? I did not. <laughs> yes. I like, I slipped a piece of paper through the fence and the tiger said, yeah, sure. Wow. No problem. Claw mark. <laughs> yeah, just like claw mark. But yeah, um, it was this is the closest I've ever been to these large cats. I saw tigers, a few lions, um, some bears. Oh my. oh my. And it was it these animals are absolutely majestic. They're beautiful. And thank goodness I was on the opposite side of the cage because goddamn they're big. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that that was um that was really cool. And this week, whew. A lot of writing stuff. Um, I got two pieces coming up for Go Nintendo. They're not live on the website just yet, but once they will, once they go live, I'll let you guys know. So maybe next week the links will be in the description. So keep an uh, eye out for that. 
Ha ha, Grayson. Ha ha. Yeah, he gets Sing. it. He gets it. Same. I got their potographs. Yeah. <laughs> Audio listeners, you're really missing out on this live chat. Yeah, they, they, you are. <laughs> so this week, um, besides me cramming and getting writing stuff and watching the Evangelion films, which we're going to talk about next week, or we're going to record. Yeah, we're going to talk about that next week. You know um, what? I don't think they know. I don't think they've quite realized. Guys, Evangelion next week. Evangelion, yeah, Evangelion next week. Big thing. I'm not sure. I, Do you guys know? Raise your hand. Do you know? <laughs> I'm wearing a shirt, so I'm keenly aware. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what the hell I'm doing anymore. Uh oh, god, where, where was I going? Yeah, Ev- Ev- yeah, Evangelion writing working. Yes, and I finally had time to sit down and play some Elden Ring. I finally yeah. was able to carve some time out to play some Elden Ring. I was streaming off Saturday morning. And I, with help, I will say with help, I have no shame in saying I had help, but I beat Millennia Blade of Mikola, the no hardest shame. boss in Elden Ring. I beat her. I still haven't. And Grayson was watching my stream, but he had to leave the room. And when he came back, I beat her. So he that's, comes that's... in and he's like, son of a biscuit. I missed it. Yeah, Grayson, I'm really sorry you missed it because Ben handed his controller off to Fanny and Fanny did it for him. And he pretended that that didn't happen. It was really embarrassing. (laughs) Dick. Wait, did that really happen? No. Okay. She was asleep. I would believe, I would, I would believe Sparks over you, honestly. That sounded mean. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, but. As we were talking, because we were also talking about House of the Dragon, Rings of Power. So I have been on a huge fantasy kick. Uh, shut up, Grayson. No, you don't. Uh, Grayson's in the chat saying, LOL, I knew it. You know nothing. You know nothing. But yeah, we've been on a big fantasy kick this week, talking about Rings of Power, House of the Dragon. I'm playing Elden Ring. And I just kept on rolling with the fantasy. And last night, I got to go to the 35th anniversary Distant Worlds Final Fantasy concert at the Microsoft Theater in Los Angeles. And this was the this was like the bigger concert. It, it was in a huge theater. They had screens with gameplay being played, and it was it was absolutely stunning. The music, Final Fantasy concerts. They've been going. They've been doing these concerts for 15 years. So it's not only the 35th anniversary of Final Fantasy. It's also the 15th anniversary of them doing Distant Worlds. They've been doing these concerts for 15 years. So <clears throat> it was. It was absolutely gorgeous. 10 out of 10. I want to go again. I actually, I even I bought the shirt too. Nice. It was, the pieces they picked were amazing. And not only that, Yoko Shimomura was in the audience. And if you don't know who Yoko Shimomura is, she's the composer for all of the Kingdom Hearts games and Final Fantasy 15. And, and also when they played their first piece from Final Fantasy 10, they had the original singer, um, who sang that particular song. I'm, the name is escaping me right now, but she came on stage, she sang it live, and they had the music play in the background. It's a song where um, Titus and Yuna ha- ha- may have their first kiss, and they finally express that they, mm-hmm. they like each other. It's that song, I almost started crying. I and I did start Final crying Fantasy when they played... What was that? Is that from Final Fantasy X? Final Fantasy X. I played that game. Yeah. Yeah, so that was absolutely stunning. And then they have like this whole credit scroll playing the original theme song, play, playing the opening theme. And then the conductor leaves. People are like, but Zanarkand, but what we need you? He comes back and plays to Zanarkand. And that's when I started crying because that song hits me every single time. And then do we have any Blitzball representation? <clears throat> uh, I mean, you see Waka's Blitzball. That's about it. 
Hey, that's that's literally more than I and, expected. So I'll take it. And you also see Titus in the um, in like you know the opening scene of the game where he's sitting in the water just staring out when everything in like a dark room before the lights turn on. They yeah. play that, or they show that on screen. Good. And of All and of hits. course the showstopper, One Winged Angel. Everyone lost their minds, myself included. Just hearing that every time I hear that song being played by a full orchestra live, it just it hypes you up. The first time I heard it was back in May when I went to that smaller show, a new um, a new world, that intimate Final Fantasy concert I went to, which was with a smaller orchestra. Right. With the full on orchestra and the choir behind playing next singing next to him, damn, that's a imagine. completely different experience. <laughs> so, yeah, once again, ten out of ten. We'll recommend. And another thing I thought I got that was really cool. I don't know if you guys saw on my Instagram, but I actually got a Final Fantasy music box. Oh, and so it, we're gonna get a concert. Yeah, it plays. Yeah, I got it. Um, it this plays the opening theme. The na, 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 na. I'm not gonna play it. So. It's like um, it's like those. Remember those? Like, what are they called? I think they're called hit clips. There are things yeah. from like the they play like 30 seconds of a song. For, I love. I mean, clicks. So, so oh, like. Fanny still has hers, and it still works. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, I but, fell yeah. in love with Smash Mouth next to that. But yeah, the, I so I got this. I got this cute little thing. It was great. The merch line was stupid long. The merch line for everything was the lines that concerts were stupid long, but oh yeah. I it I definitely want to go again. I want to go to Final to Distant Worlds again. I would love to go to the Kingdom Hearts one should they go on tour again. Yeah, yeah it yeah. was an amazing experience and that's my week. Hey Ben, no one else is in the podcast between you and me. How much were those tickets? Because I, I, I would like, to, I would eventually would like to go to one of those. Uh, for two people, I mean, we were sitting pretty close. We were down the orchestra level um, mm-hmm. where we were. It was about, uh, I want to say, one ten a pop. Okay, okay, okay. Front row. I don't need. I don't need front row. So even cheaper. That's no, 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 no. It, it wasn't front row either. We were still down in orchestra. We were a little to the left, or like if we're facing the orchestra, we were a little more to the left. So I guess that'd be stage right. No, I, I want nosebleeds. Give me nosebleeds. Yeah, but I, either way, even if you were up in this, they have the monitors because they had the main monitor in the middle and they had two on the side. So yeah, even yeah. if you were sitting way onto one side and you couldn't see the orchestra very well, you could still turn your head slightly and see a monitor or a better view monitor on either way. So you were able to see the show. Good. Or at least you were able to see the game, uh, the video game footage too. That's cool. Good, good, good. Also, it. a lot of Advent Children representation. When they were playing uh, One Winged Angel, they didn't play the Advent Children version of One Winged Angel with the um, electric guitar, but they were playing scenes from the film, which I was, I wasn't surprised, but well, I was it's like, because hmm, it's cinematic as shit. It's cinematic it as shit. That's why. It like, is. They're not gonna play. Not gonna play like the original Final Fantasy VII. I have seen that movie. Yeah, I seen both. I see. I saw. I saw Advent Children and the first Final Fantasy movie actually. Serious within. Yeah. I've actually never seen Spirits Within. I've only seen Advent Children and Kingsglaive. You're good. Yeah, I've heard I've been told. <laughs> <laughs> I have been told. But yeah, that that's my week. And okay. the, the showstopper was the concert. I loved it. I had such a great time. Love it. I'm glad. Mm-hmm. Happy you had a good time. Well, welcome back. We missed you from last week. So yeah. why don't we do our bread and butter, yeah? Uh, some sad news up top. Louise Fletcher, Fletcher, most notably, will probably most people will know as Nurse Ratched from One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh I knew her as Kai Wynn from Star Trek: D Space Nine. She was an incredible villain who you loved to hate and always had incredible episodes. 
She passed away this week at the age of 88. Hmm. Definitely. Um, arguably one of the most like iconic uh, villain performances of all time. Uh, and even if like, I only know her from that one role, but like, like everyone knows who Nurse Ratchet is like, she's mm-hmm. the worst. She got her own spinoff TV show, for goodness sake. Um, True. Long, long, long life, long, long, long legacy. Love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really, um, my my love for Star Trek: Deep Space Nine is is stated. I did not rec- I did not know they were the same actress, but it makes sense now that I did know. Mm-hmm. Um, she was probably and arguably the the best villain in that show. She wow. had she was she was how J.K. Rowling wishes she wrote Umbridge, uh, mm-hmm. the kind of like insufferable, kind but menacing character because she was a Bajoran who believed in the prophets uh, and she's, and she like walks into to, to, to Keiko O'Brien's classroom and she's just like, why are you teaching them? Why aren't you teaching them the way of the prophets? And, he, and, and, and so, uh, so just kind of um, Karen energy, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just a wonderful, it was a wonderful character, a wonderful actor. Um your blood boiled whenever she was on screen, but you always knew you were in for a hell of an episode. So they made Nurse Ratchet in Star Trek. Pretty much, I guess. Yep. <laughs> what if uh, Nurse Ratchet, but Star Trek? In space. As uh, Iris Stephen Bear said, uh, may she rest with the prophets. Um, so charming unlimited in the chat. Hello, friend. Hello. Thank you. Happy, happy podcast to you as well. How do you do, guys? Happy podcast, he says. Cool. Thank you, sir. Okay. A couple of things happened in the realm of Star Wars, but kind of ancillary. Andor, Larry. And, sure. I tried real hard. John Williams mm-hmm. has received an honorary knighthood. Uh, this was one of the final awards granted by the Queen uh, before she passed away. The, she wrote a list of all the people who were going to get knights, uh, be knighted. Here's all the famous people I missed. And John Williams was one of them, so that's cool. I didn't know American people could be knighted. Yeah, yeah. I think it's. Um, I think because it's an honorary knighthood, there's a, not like an, a real knighthood, but you know, honorary shit's like whatever. I, I don't know. I honestly could care less about the Queen or who she knights. If I'm being honest, I I like Sir John Williams. I think that's great. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, James Earl Jones uh, came out in the news to say uh, he is retiring. From the voice of Darth Vader, uh, but he did sign uh, his voice over his Darth Vader arc, the archived Darth Vader voice. It's very important. He didn't archive. He didn't say his his voice is now owned by Disney. He signed over basically Darth Vader's voice. Basically, anything said by Darth Vader in the past is owned by Disney, and they can use that to what they did for Obi Wan, which was make uh, a younger sounding Darth Vader for James Earl Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's fine. Yeah, like of of all of all the people or all the characters, I should say, of like getting like a different voice or like a like he's the robot man voice. So like that's I'm I'm okay with that. He sounded great in in Kenobi. So like I can't complain with that one to be honest. Yeah. He did that. He, he had did a, some great a 40, 50 year legacy. Like that dude rules. Like he will he will always be a legend in, in voice acting for all time. And we talked about uh, how his voice. Well, it was cool to see him again in Rogue One. You know, he's having he's having noticeably older. As a, mm-hmm. as a Darth Vader, so yeah, yeah. Uh, and Kenobi, he sounded incredible, and I was shocked to find mm-hmm. out it was a computer who made that voice. Lord. Tony Gilroy, who we're going to be talking about later tonight, 
Star Wars mm-hmm. Andor, has signed a first look deal with Lucasfilm to develop more Star Wars shows for Disney Plus and to direct an upcoming movie. Mm. Hell yeah. Good, 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 good. Um, no thoughts on Andor, but if we're getting more uh more things inspired like Andor in the tone and you know, like 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 boots to the ground level maturity that we're getting, like I want more of that. Please, please give me more of that, please. Thank me you. Too. Uh the nun two, moving on. The Nun 2, which I did not know was happening still. I thought the Conjuring 3 effectively killed the franchise. Storm Reed has been cast. Um, now, I wasn't sure about this film because I was like, I like the first Nun. It's stupid, but I like it. Who's directing this one? So Michael Chavez, yeah. who directed The Curse of La Llorona and The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, is directing this one. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I'm okay. Oh, I didn't even Sorry. see La Yorona, and I did not like the Devil Made Me Do It. Yeah. I, I don't have faith. I mean, truthfully, there's really there's a really low bar for the nun. That first movie's not good, but it's at least stupid. I don't I think this was just has the potential to just kind of be boring. Yeah. 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 Yep. They have handed the reins over to well. It's just gonna it's just gonna fail. The next one well, won't make a lot of money and Zazal will say that's a dead franchise and then it'll be over. And then we'll wait five years for a reboot. With James Wan coming back to produce, but not direct. Nah, nah, they'll, they'll get some they'll get Rennie Harlan. I'll watch the Fetty Alvarez conjuring film. Sure. Who directed Annabelle Creation? The guy who directed Shazam. David F. Sandberg, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. He's busy. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I really like Annabelle Creation. He and he wrote. He he helped write Conjuring too. So, yeah, Annabelle Creation that's was really why, good. That's why there's an Annabelle doll in both Shazam movies. Mm-hmm. Um, Doom Patrol. Uh, Madeline Zima from Twin Peaks and Heroes, among others, Californication, I believe, um, has been cast as Casey Brink, Casey Brinky, Casey Brink, mm-hmm. uh, aka Space Case. Uh, for the upcoming season coming out in December. This is from the Gerard Way run. She's a new character for Doom Patrol. This is super duper 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 exciting. Love it. Love that character. Um, any any modern Doom Patrol stuff uh, uh, incorporation is great. I love that. I love that run so much. Uh, I didn't expect this. It's really cool. And you love Twin Peaks. And I love. Yeah, but she's like in like one episode. She's not a real. She's not. She's a side character. She's not a peaky. She's not a peaky. She's <laughs> she has five minutes in a scene. I'm not gonna call her a Twin Peaks character. Sure. Um, I'm really, really excited for this, though. Yeah. Uh, I need to catch up. Uh, the fact that season four is even happening, I'm just like, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, DC Lord. I'm really happy. And there's a couple of sites who are running with fourth and final season. That is not confirmed. Do not write that that, that season off as dead yet. Uh, it, it it has not been canceled. Don't do it. Not, not yet. Uh, <sighs> What'd you say, Sparks? I'm sorry. I said, but I mean, come yeah. on. I'm just queer representation. Like, I'm not looking too far into the future. I'm like, we got this season, baby. Yeah. Do we know if um, do we know if uh, hmm, hmm, Timothy Dalton is returning this season? No, no, yeah. no, we don't know. Yeah, yeah. we don't know. Uh, I was terrified for listeners because that was not clear. <laughs> you could not see our faces. Um. All right. 
moving right along. Final Destination 6 has directors. Cool. Love it. Zach Lipovsky and Adam B. Stein are directing the upcoming sixth installment. I'm going to read you how they got the job because it's great. Uh, they got the gig after their Zoom pitch meeting included a clip of their mantle plays burning. And as they put out the fire, their ceiling fan broke off and decapitated one of the filmmakers. They made a short little a short film in their pitch meeting. That's incredibly, that's really cute. Uh, I'm not familiar with these people, but like, you know, and anybody like fresh, fresh eyes and horror is always fun. So like, um, I love the premise of Final Destination. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think I saw the the Final Destination, which was like the last one. Nope. Um, but I really like that franchise I a lot. I didn't see four or five. I really wanted to see five because I really appreciated the marketing for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but even that being said, I'm like, but I mean, like they're creative deaths, but is there anything really going on? But no, but like, it, that's a franchise I like for the creativity and yeah. kill up. It's like it's like I'm watching Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven. Like it's it's Final Destination Six. I'm not going for high art. I'm going yeah, for yeah. no. I know. Yeah, yeah. I acknowledge. Yeah. I acknowledge. Death is the enemy. It's awesome. There's a grim man, the Grim Reaper shows up, but like he's all over in like shadows. But like you see him like in the shadows, and like he has like a scythe, and I'm like stupid. I love it. God, I think I've only seen the first two. I never saw the all of three. Three's good. I remember three. Um, charming unlimited in the chats. I just want to shout out because he just subscribed to the channel. Thank you, sir. Oh, yay. hi, Mag. We saw you there. Oh, yes. yeah. Hi, Mag. Yeah, hi, Mag. We saw them there. Well, do you want me to bring up their comments, Brandon? Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with Mag first because he. Yeah, Mag says, "Hey, gang, I almost went to a gorillas concert right now, but uh, but um, what left with merch he bought because how much tickets were and." <laughs> yikes yeah i can only imagine how much tickets are right before the show starts oh yeah and then we got charming unlimited saying that he loves the name of the channel or they love the name of the channel fake nerd podcast and that they are definitely a fake nerd too welcome welcome, welcome. good job uh, guy busick and Lori evans taylor are writing the script for final destination six with a treat by a treatment from john watts oh yeah john watts right yeah. we talked about that like he 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 was the guy who pitched the, the new... Yeah, okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Mm -hmm. I'm glad. We have more information on the upcoming Cloverfield film. Surprising, because this is the first time a Cloverfield film has had any news before the trailer was released. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Babak Onvari has been hired to direct with Joe Barton writing the script. Um, so it's officially happening. Do we know? I'm, I'm sure Ben is thrilled. Ben is super excited. I'm gonna see what these so people are for, but I can't. I can't judge if this is good or not without knowing their previous work. I mean, I think it's an interesting. Is you have an interesting hill to climb with a uh, with a dedicated Cloverfield Cloverfield film rather than one that you're converting into one, because you have to kind of make all the threads of the last three films, thanks to Paradox, make sense. Or it could just be another anthology thing. I don't think they have to make it make sense. But I, I do remember that they had J.J. Uh, Abrams was like, "Yeah, we're not going to convert any more movies. We're going to film it. We're going to make it ground up from the bottom." Cloverfield film, Cloverfield Paradox was the one that had all the reshoots to kind of add the Cloverfield elements. Remember the Cloverfield monster at the end, mm -hmm. and then they were like, "Yeah, that's all multiverse now." So I would like he's them to go. With... He's an Iranian filmmaker, so this is going to be like his first big movie. Oh, cool! Cool. Um, I would like them to continue with the with the anthology rap, but Cloverfield Paradox does not make me confident that they are. 
I I I don't know. Well, no, none of us know. It's just speculation. No, no, I mean, but like, I just, I have a feeling that they're not, they're gonna want to do what what worked and just do another anthology thing. You know, honestly, I got Cloverfield. I got ten Cloverfield Lane. I'm I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, like, sure, someone can play in the sandbox, but I'm not itching for. If you told me oh, there's never gonna be another Cloverfield Lane, I'd be like, yeah, this is all right. Yeah. Well, when we review it in two years, and it's really good. I think I'd I'm rather. Excited. I think I would rather that they would chase just making 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yeah. Like making something like that. Yeah. Where it's just, hey, there's a vibe. Yeah. Like when you know you're going to see an A24 horror movie, it's like, ah, I know I'm going to see a Cloverfield movie. It's true. There's nothing else about it where it's like, how are the pieces? Can I, I don't want that. That's the thing that, that rubbed me the wrong way about Paradox because like I I really liked Cloverfield Lane and before Paradox, I, I, I was very much like, give me more Cloverfield films. But after Paradox, I'm like, you don't need to connect these. Like the the... The fun is that they're kind of disconnected and all have that kind of vibe. And like the fact that you connected them kind of makes this entry weaker. The only Cloverfield film I ever like desired was a sequel to the first one, but I don't really care, honestly. They all died. They all died. That's a good movie. Um, Matt Reeves short... Cloverfield, by the way. Remember everyone. Matt Reeves Cloverfield, yeah. <laughs> You're right. Um, there was a um, there was a short film that, w- that won like a competition mm-hmm. um they made people around the world made like their own Cloverfield uh, short films. There's one on, on YouTube that won um, it's set in a different country and it's great. It's, it, it's actually really, really great. Um, I recommend it. If I can think of the name, I'll send it to you guys. Well, you happen to know what country it is, Brandon? Not offhand. I did when I watched it, but I yeah. forgot. That's cool. I, I honestly missed that. I think that that is an awesome. That's concept. also a creative way. Just like, Hey, all you at-home filmmakers. Just make your own. Make a Cloverfield thing. That's really cool. Yeah, I really like, liked it. You can decide what that means to you. Mm-hmm. Man, Cloverfield <laughs> could be so much cooler. Uh, Maybe yeah, if I'll, I'll look it up after and send you guys the link when I remember the name. Fantastic Four has uh, uh, some news. Jeff Kaplan. Hi. And... Good night, Mr. Charming Unlimited. Thank you for stopping oh. by. Yes, yeah. Good night, sir. Yeah. He says, I do need to go to sleep, gentlemen. Thank you for letting entertainment while I prep my morning stuff. I'll see you all soon. You have the a rewind. great evening. The rerun will be there in the future. That will be. So Jeff Kaplan and Ian Springer are writing the script. There is uh, not really much to their names. So, interestingly. But yeah. Oh, okay. What are, what are we... What? Sorry, what are we talking about? Because we got interrupted with Fantastic Four has two writers. Yeah, and we don't know their their filmographies. Great, they're new. Um, It's not that we don't know; it's they're they're new. I'm I'm still excited that movie's happening. Oh yeah, New Blood's good. Iron Man. New nope. The way sorry, one thing about the Fantastic Four, I think the Fantastic the New Blood is could be a good it could be a very good thing because. I mean, because then we have like someone finally getting their shot at writing a big Marvel movie. I mean, that's I I want to I want to be positive. I want to be I want to I don't just want some person walking into making a paycheck for it. Do it for a paycheck. No, I I I I am one hundred percent with you on the positivity thing, Ben. But but when you are in charge of writing a two hundred million dollar movie script, you yeah. gotta have you have to have talent behind that. You can't just be anybody because you gotta right. work with the studio. You gotta know how to write characters. Like you gotta you gotta have your chops. So yeah. like them not having any previous stuff does give me a little worry that they're given mm-hmm. 
the next like like the next big superhero team up like the 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 fam the marvel family like the the face of marvel in a way like so that does yeah. worry me a little bit but like i'm not worried because it's got a great director all right iron man iron man video game was announced by motive that's gonna be a single player action adventure uh video game but still in early development so it's a couple years away still yes because that's a is... company making dead space and that game is oh. still not out i was about to ask if this was going to be a sequel to iron man vr for the playstation vr Nope. Mm, no, no. Uh, cool. Motive, Motive is a is a really great team because if you look at the game they're currently making, it's about a a man in armor fighting monsters in zero zero g space with advanced weaponry, uh, and that sounds like Iron Man to me because that's literally what you do as Isaac Clarke in Dead Space. You're in zero g using cool weaponry to fight monsters in space. So like, uh, I'm super excited. Uh, if and not just that, one of the narrative leads for Guardians of the Galaxy is working on this game. So I have no worries whatsoever. I am oh, wow. totally pumped. Guardians. Yeah, I'm excited for this too. Good game. Final Space. Warner Brothers Discovery almost skated by an entire week without anything in the news, but they didn't quite make it. Almost. The complete series, Final Space, all three seasons, are gone. Uh, confirmed to be written off as a tax break. You cannot legally watch them on any streamer except if you're in other locations which is currently on netflix but will be taken off once the licensing deal is up so even even if you use a vpn to skirt around the laws they're still, still going to get you in the end yeah god damn it i you have know, a, I have... go ahead ben no i was just going to say because that was another show fanny loved she was actually been trying to get me to watch final space for a good long time and i just haven't had i just haven't sat down and done it and she is going to hate this news because when i broke broke the news to her about close enough she was not happy about it i mean final space has been canceled for a while and they pulled season three for a while ago so like this is just this is just the final nail in the coffin of it being pulled internationally and they're no longer selling it on digital markets oh yeah yeah. that's i i haven't done the research to look into like if you pre-purchased the seasons on like Amazon or something, if you don't have it now, um, I'll have to look at that. Just judging from what Olin said on his thing, he said they're discontinuing any further. Yeah. So I yeah. imagine so I pre-order stuff have is it. okay. Yeah. Uh huh. I don't think they would be that cruel. No. To yeah. take away your pre-orders, it's, it's that would kind be of horrible here because technically, technically, they can. Yeah. And it but... might be something that comes up at a later date, God. but it's like that's a long-term fear with those kind of streaming services because technically, for it to be a tax write-off. It can't. I, it exist. has to be. It has to be more than just the, the like, future purchases kind of thing. Um, Final space is kind of annoying because like the Blu-rays were already out, so it's like you can't like fully do this. It's a, it, it, it's a ridiculous thing. But yeah, the the tax write-off. Olan Rogers is out there with his Instagram with the T-shirt that says Final Face, Final Space in the logo all the way down to the bottom that says tax write-off. Um, <clears throat> he's very upset, rightfully so, uh, and is championing like. A way to find a way to continue and finish the story somehow, some way. I uh, he'll be fighting that fight for a long time. I I have faith that a show like that will, if he wants to get it picked up, I have a feeling it will get picked up somewhere. Yeah. Uh, now, well, now it, it'll get it, the tax write-off stuff will make it get sticky. Yeah. Uh, like true. what what that would be? It, oh, it would be like a spiritual sequel or something. He, yeah, yeah. He's already kind of working on a spiritual sequel, which is the thing we talked about earlier this year that he was uh, kickstartering that oh, got yeah, like yeah. a massive amount of support, and he's 
got that project like beyond fully funded so he's working on that yeah um but that is essentially the spiritual successor and okay. um but that's like a short film it's not going to end the story of final space final space remains unfinished I uh sucks it's a great show everyone should watch final space if you can find a way to do yeah. so um if you know me i have seasons one and two on blu-ray i have season three i won't reveal how um <laughs> you can take a guess <laughs> no i actually i wanted to make sure that like i supported the show so i bought season three on amazon prime which is why i can check and see if the license is up on that or when the license is up on that um yeah but i do i do have i did do that because i could file space is a show i gave a shit about and i wanted to show the numbers were there for that so i bought that on season mm -hmm. on season yeah. three when they were not putting it up anywhere yeah and mag is in the chat the second we the second brand said about a uh, final space he went no and then he just and then he just went this Zaslav is my plan of the apes anger and Charleston has to fashion you may as he blew it up. Damn you, damn you all to heck. Damn, no, damn you all to heck. God. Yeah. Uh it's shitty. Final space deserve better. The fans deserve better. Olan deserves better. Uh I can't wait for Zaslav to not be head of the company anymore. Whatever that, that would be. Get. Why does it feel that when we find out that Zaslav is no longer the head of Warner Brothers, we will dance and enjoy like the Ewoks? Maybe not to that extent. Someone, that's probably hey, a little... someone could come in and be worse. Shit. Man, that that's uh that seems rough. That's that a tall hard. order. It's a tall order for any CEO to come into a multimedia company at this point and be worse than Zaslav. Goodness. The bar is set. You so goddamn to, low. You pretty much just have to do exactly what he's doing, but then also release a press junket that says, I'm doing this because I'm racist. And that's pretty <laughs> much like the only way to clear that bar. The, yeah. the bar that Zaslav is setting is probably down in my non-existent basement of my house. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. That's how far below it is. It will be yeah. a feat for the next person to walk in and, and put the bar even lower than that. It's a limbo pole that's just on the ground. Yeah. Here you are, yeah. limboing with the devil. There you go. Devil went down in Georgia. All right, trailers already. Oh, we're yep. here. Hell yeah. What's up, Rita? Oh, give me the trailer quick. part. Real quick. I'm sorry. I forgot to bring it up. I forgot until this very moment. We forgot a news item last week. Forgot this week. Forgot to say about it. It's been busy. There's a Gargoyles comic coming out. Oh, yeah. That is a successor yeah. sequel to the show. Yep, yep, yep. We didn't talk about it last week, but that's happening. Sure. Dynamite's putting it I'm, out. I'm sorry. There is a what now? Yeah. You heard. Yeah. Gargoyles and I think, and I comic follow-up to the show. And I'm like 99% sure like one of the guys who make, made the show is the one like writing the comic. I remember this news item. I believe you're right. I think it's the, the main guy, Wiseman. Greg, Greg Wiseman, yeah, yeah, yeah. Greg Wiseman? Oh, that's even yeah. better. Yeah, he's the dude uh, he's the animation dude. Hell yeah. Oh, More man. Gargoyles. Okay. I that, love is, Gargoyles. that is a lot better. That is better news than I heard of what, that came out of D23 when they're announcing that they're remaking the Gargoyles beat-em-up on the Sega Genesis. That game is kind of whatever. Mm -hmm. Cool they're remaking it. I'm not mad about that part, but the fact that they're recontinuing Gargoyles in a comic book form, I'll take my money. Yeah, man. I'm Gar telling you all. I'm it's telling you all. It's all just a test to it see is. how popular Gargoyles still yes. is. To oh, see if no. they want to let Jordan Peele make that Listen, movie or not. The game market, the, the comic market, the next animation movie, as I'm saying. Are they Capcom testing this? They're oh, Capcom frank. testing it. There you go. That's what I like that. Are they Capcom testing this? You guys know what the Capcom test is, right? Play yes. it for me. Tell me. 
The Capcom one. test is when Capcom releases a, either a remake or a remaster of a popular franchise, and if the numbers go well beyond oh, yeah. their yeah. expectations, then they'll move forward with a new. Um, That's why we're on our like seventh Resident Evil remake. <laughs> when when will they do it with Power Stone? When, <sighs> dude? I don't. They Power Stone is like the greatest game that like nobody will let live. <laughs> I know. It's like, I am as much as I love Capcom. I am still so salty at Capcom, not just for Mega Man Legends 3, but also for Power Stone and for Power Stone 2. Those bastards um, have been sitting on those games for God knows how long. A, and game, we... a game that, that we talked about before, uh, Gigabash, that monster game. Yeah. People saying that's the closest thing to Power Stone because it has like abilities that, it looks you, like that it. you get to increase your power and stuff. So like, The game's out, by the way. We should play it. I was about to, say, I was about to ask, is Gigabash out because I want to make that is. robot? It All is. Right, cool. came out, came out last month. Hell yeah. Damn it, I completely forgot. Oh, not the one that had the Godzilla uh, crossover recently? That I don't was know Fall about Guys. That. I don't know. Was that it wasn't Fall Guys? guys. It, was, it, was a, it was a, a beat em up. I thought it was Giga Bash. It might have been. That makes sense. Hmm. All right. Speaking of which, Mag, sorry, Mag is in the chat again. So many storylines that need to be finished in Gargoyles. I'm going to be rewatching Gargoyles on Disney Plus in the near future. Buy that Robot comic. Gargoyles. Promote, promote getting that Jordan Peele movie. Looks like I'm gonna be buying that uh, Gargoyles game remaster. Yeah. God, I hope LRG doesn't make a freaking big ass collector's edition that I'm gonna have to wait months for. You know, the answer is yes. If Jonathan, if they want to age up Xanatos, Jonathan Frakes could play him in live action. Yeah, I'd watch that. Brandon, mm-hmm. yeah, I can only no. I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> I'm not gonna say that. Okay, I'm sure it was dirty. It was. It was extremely dirty. Anyway, sorry I interrupted. We're sorry, going to trailers. We just pulled into the trailer park. The trailer park. Uh, well, there's a uh, Tadam happened, uh, which is Netflix is a day long event. Uh, and for it, they released the uh, uh, a behind the scenes look at Pinocchio that I wanted to talk about because I thought it looked awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah, Guillermo del Toro, just a delight to to listen to talk because his he loves movies and he loves mm-hmm. filmmaking, and it's always always fun. To see behind the scenes stop motion work. Yes. Uh, and we saw a lot of it. It can even be a bad stop motion movie. It's still cool to yeah, see. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Um, mm-hmm. And like, uh, I just love that. It's, like, it's really cool that we're getting two different Pinocchios. One that's just like the one you know, and then one that's literally completely original while still being the thing you know. And I'm just really happy that like, that, that, that Guillermo gets to exist because like, there's a world where we're just stuck with that. Sure. If I was only stuck with the new Robert Zemeckis Pinocchio, I would be very upset because I do not like that movie at all. That's a dark timeline. Uh, the I love seeing uh, scale, uh, different sized um, stop motion yeah. mm-hmm. uh, things. So, like we saw the large Pinocchio head and the various scale sizes of of Jiminy Cricket. Mm-hmm. Um, I love all that all that wizardry tricks. I was reminded this week of the of a similar thing happened with uh, Lord of the Rings, how they had like a big a giant ring to use for <laughs> perspective shots. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. But yeah, I'm um, excited for this. I'm so stoked for this. There was some background art uh, and you see what Monstro looks like. And it is a mo- it is an ugly monster whale. Uh, I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, thank God it's not just like a whale. Very inventive whale. Absolutely. I, I will say in the new, in the Disney Plus version, Monstro does look like a monster. Yeah. I mean, they call it a whale, but it has tentacles like a kaiju. It's like, ugh. Okay, yes, I'll watch that clip on YouTube. And yeah, I'm watch the clip. I tuned out. Did you just say he has like tentacles? Yeah, tentacles. Yeah. Wait, wait. Monstro in the Disney Plus version, the version where they painstakingly recreated every visual from the animated film, 
is not just a giant sperm whale. Nope. It's, it's, an, actual, it's an actual sea monster. They call him a whale. They reference monster as a whale. But when you see him on screen, you're like, bullshit. That thing has got monstrous tentacles, and it is nightmare fuel. Oh, it does. For see? see? Yeah, I'll watch it on see? YouTube later. Anyway, it's like a it's like a, a a weird humpback whale with like yeah. tentacles. Yeah, Mag is Mag is saying he looks like a catfish, and Grayson's saying he lies a Pete looks so good, but maybe that's just me. Oh yeah, that's the Dark Souls Pinocchio game. Yeah, hell yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Guillermo the Thrill. It's always nice. Like, oh, a trailer's out. Guillermo movie's actually happening. Love this. Just happy. I, I'm just happy that Guillermo's doing this, and I'm so excited to watch the Pinocchio. I don't even like Pinocchio as a story all that much, but I am jazzed to watch Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Yeah, me too. I like Guillermo del Toro enough that I'll watch pretty much anything he's attached to. Yep. Yeah. All right. I, I, me too. All right. We've backed up. We've re-entered. We've handed over our license and registration so that they can know that we are supposed to be parking here all night. We're in the trailer park once again. What are we talking about next? The Dragon Prince Mystery of Aravos. Back it up. Back it up. Back it up. We didn't actually want to back it up. 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 Back up. Back it up. Just we're backing it up. Brandon, you stay. You and I are in on this. This is our favorite. This is one of our favorites. I was remembering the Ant Man. Remember Ant Man, first Ant Man's great movie. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, you guys didn't watch this, right? Good. This is the fourth season. Of uh, Dragon Prince, long-awaited fourth season. It's been a couple of years now, uh, and they've got a new subtitle. Ben, yeah, exciting. There, oh my god, dude! I was one of the things I love, but sometimes have a bit of a love-hate relationship with Netflix trailers is that when they play a bunch of clips from the or from the first few seasons, and they give us a tiny little percentage of newer stuff, but at the same time, it just builds the anticipation for what is going to happen in this new season, because th- there's obviously a time jump. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I'm really glad to that Jack DeSena is still having fun with this role. I, I've been listening to, before my work decided to really be dicks about me listening to music and podcasts at work now, I was listening to Brave in the Elements, and he would go on that show, and there are times he would talk about how much he is loving doing the Dragon Prince, and you can tell. So, I'm just, I'm just excited. I am so jazzed. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really stoked. Um, really like that show. It's so, it's so pretty. The the colors are just so pretty. Um, but I was really engaged with the story, and so I'm really happy to see it continue. I know he's mm-hmm. got a long plan for it. Yeah, uh, I, I wish there was more. I wish this was longer, but did I'll that take comic, it. did that Dragon Prince comic book ever come out? I remember we were talking about it a few months ago. I don't know if it's already out. It might All be. Right. It could. It could be. Yeah, we just haven't found it yet. Because I would love to. I would love to read that. Because I think when we were talking about that book, that kind of helps bridge the gap a little bit between mm-hmm. seasons three and four. Um. So then that's something I'm done. I have to buy off of Amazon, but. I'm I'm excited. It's coming in November. It's coming soon. So, yay! It's been far too long. It has. And I remember when the season three dropped. I binged it in one night. I I totally understand. They like renewed the show for four seasons. Netflix did, and they um, uh, so they like obviously wanted to get as many of those episodes done as they could, um, uh, because they had none banked, um, mm-hmm. like a lot of Netflix animation shows would do. So I don't mind. I'm I'm glad you took the break to come back with. Yeah. With, with the show but uh i'm eager that it's almost over me too means because so, this there, there's apparently like a couple graphic novels that have been out for like years 
<laughs> I, I got I'm looking at one that came out in 2020. That might be the one. That might that be the kind of fridge fans one. are you? I'm just saying. I'm like I looked up comic and it's like this came out in September 2020. Um. All right. Uh, Sparks and Ryan, if you could pull forward, please. Lock in. Sonic Prime. Oh yeah, yeah. This looks good. This looks good. This looks pretty good. Uh, my my only note is that I think Shadow and Sonic are sparring like Goku and Vegeta, and I yes. I guess yeah yeah oh, all yeah. right yeah yeah, uh, yeah it looks great. It's a it's the prettiest animated Sonic show ever. Yeah, actually, I would say I would agree with that. I mean, because the only other animation that I would say is would be was better was the Sonic Mania shorts that um, Tyson Hesse helped make, but that's on YouTube. But this is an actual full length show. I mean, yes, show. I mean, I that's tech, but that's you know what? This is the prettiest three D animated Sonic show I've ever seen. I, I think we could still say show. You were talking about a series of shorts, and I agree with you; those are better. Um, this is a good looking show. Yeah, it definitely. Sonic, I will definitely say Sonic it looks ten times better than Sonic Boom. Sonic Boom. Yeah, Sparks. What, what did you say? Sonic is having a time. Yes. Cool. They cloned Tyrone. Yeah. God, this looks great. I'm so so pumped. Mostly just alone, just for the cast alone already. But like, yeah, that, they could have just showed me that elevator scene without showing me the little yes, anything else, and, and I would have been. I would have been. I would have been there hundred percent. Um, like sci-fi exploitation movie. John Boyega has been very passionately talking about the three film season this year in a big way, but one of them he's been talking about a lot is they clone Tyrone. He's just really jazzed about the whole vibe of this movie. Um, not to say he isn't happy about his other films. He's been very happy in promoting the hell out of them. Uh, but he's something special for him in they clone Tyrone. I really like the look of this trailer. I think it looks cool. Mm-hmm. I like that it feels like it's taking a 70s black exploitation films, but also like keeping sincerity to it, uh, yeah, rather than like a being an extreme comical parody. It's not Black Dynamite, right? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, this looks great. I I just want to put that out there. I think this looks great too. That elevator scene was great. Mm-hmm. Hell, the uh, light bulb really, the trailer. I'm really happy for Boyega that he's the the leading man in a film that has Jamie Foxx. That it's not being flipped. John Boyega's yeah, yeah. got the prime limelight here but good i'm good. also very excited to see jamie fox in this good good yeah. month for for jamie fox and i'll still double feature mm-hmm. uh the midnight club yo man mike flanagan doesn't miss midnight mass was the best show last year so like i this looks this looks so good um uh, uh this spooky stuff ghost stuff all the returning cast most of them for midnight mass are showing up in this so like can't wait I love the visualization of the girl getting out of the chair and then turning yep. into a skeleton, reaching out. I thought that was really cool. Then, then got real uncomfortable. Hell yeah! Yeah, yeah, I did. And when I say I hated that, I didn't actually hate it. I meant, I mean, as in that scared me, and I did not enjoy that. It I know, was very I know exactly. I know exactly. I feel I know exactly. Ben watching this trailer where he's like, "This is pretty good. A little spooky, but nothing too scary." And then got to that shot, he's like, "Oh." No, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm like watching this trailer. It's like, okay, so we got some spooky stuff. We got some good stuff. Um, oh, there's there was one shot that I really loved. Ow. I for, I forgot. I forgot the the guy on the the guy on the park bench is his head turned, and then he turns into the ghost girl for a for a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so the, the story of of a hospice for dying children, mm-hmm. and like there's like 
a secret thing of like like a secret something about immortality being like the under undercurrent of it is just really thrilling and mike flanagan is such such a good uh actor's director he, he, he has such good character work. And like, this is the first time he's really done like big, like uh, uh, kid stuff. Like this is a spooky, spooky show, but it's almost an entirely kid cast. So I'm really excited to see him uh, uh, work with a bunch of kids. It's like, it's like, it feels like it's pushing for the vein in between. Are you afraid of the dark and midnight mass? Yeah. Like it, it doesn't want to be quite, it's not quite on as... that midnight yeah, yeah, mass yeah. level, but it also wants to be a little, a step up from a, are you afraid of the dark? Not, yeah. Past goosebumps, not quite rated R. Unless, I think I think uh, he wants kids to be able to engage with this. Yeah, yeah. Like he wants this to be the spooky ghost stories if they're willing to dare. Yeah, I'm very excited. Spooky, scary, skeletons. Sorry. Um, knock at the cabin. Oh, great! Another. Well, actually, that and was I... gonna come out very. That was gonna come out very mean, but it wasn't. I wasn't going to make it mean because M. Shyamalan's been quiet for a while, hasn't he? Well, no, no he's been he's been consistently working uh, for. He made old. He made the visit. He made uh, glass. glass and he split. Made split. Yeah, I was trying to think. The last one we saw was glass, right? Yeah, that was the last one you saw. Old came out last year. Oh, yeah. Remember? We just didn't see it. Yeah, oh. the beach movie. Yeah, he's the beach that makes. That's old. right. That's right. The beach movie. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. Never this mind. Looks, this looks like uh, it's obviously it's gonna be a cool, fun twist movie. But like Dave Bautista is the star of it, so like I'm really into Dave Bautista. Um, what's his name? Rupert Grint. Not Rupert Grant, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, the King from Hamilton. He's in it. Oh, Josh, jo- uh, Jonathan Groff. Jonathan, Jonathan Groff is a insanely premier talent, and him being in a horror movie is really exciting because yes. he's a really emotional guy, and I really want like him being in a horror movie really yes. works. Jonathan, um, Jonathan Groff. It's really great that he's there. Mm-hmm. Um, Rupert Grant is there. Nice yes. to see him. Uh, something. The little girl. I'm already endeared to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just from the opening. So yeah. like, I'm very excited. Yeah, uh, I was very. I was very. Uh, interested when he was like, I have, you know, I have to sacrifice you guys to stop the apocalypse. I was like, oh, a real apocalypse That's not what or a cult apocalypse? That's not what he, said. he didn't say that. He said, you have a choice to make, a difficult choice. Sacrifice is not said, though. Oh, I thought it was. Oh, well. Enola Holmes, too. Yes, looks real good. Sparks and I it's are the very... only two who watched that show, that first one, right? Yeah. Looks. This looks very, very charming, though. It does make me want to see that first one. I think I really it's worth like, doing. I think if you it, you probably like would get more out of it in a sense of doing it like right before yeah. you watch the second one or close to so that you get like that full impact. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that first one's real good, real charming. I really like it. This one looks like even more so. Um, well um, written. Um, I think a really good use of a very different uh, set of talent from... Um, God, I'm gonna say the Millie? wrong actor's name. Thank you, Millie Bobby Brown, mm-hmm. um, uh, from Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah. We've seen her in other stuff, but I think here she's like really flexing, like polar opposite, very talented energy from Eleven. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's nice to see Henry Cavill. I, I told you this. It's nice to see Henry Cavill have a home in Netflix where somebody actually wants him because he's in this and he's like The Witcher. So like Netflix is keeping that boy fed until Marvel calls him. I really like him as Sherlock, uh, specifically specifically like in all the home Sherlock, who is kind of the more the big brother role. Um, so having Millie Bobby Brown and, and Henry Cavill have more scenes together is very, very, very exciting to me. Yeah, yeah. that that would make that makes me want to 
absolutely no no disrespect to Millie Bobby Brown, but like I knowing that her and Henry Cavill have more screen time together does make me want to watch it. More. I think it was a I think it was a very good move and very smart and right for the first one to like keep him to the side. Mm-hmm. He's in a fair bit of it, but um, no more than like well, it's 15, an home, so no more than yeah. fifteen minutes. Yeah, but I think like that that's good they did that, and now you can do one where it's like our case a team up are intertwined. Yeah, it was really the the final scene of like, oh you, oh no. Yeah, like, they they've, already, like, they've already like tackled over each other. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you. That's you. That's, that's really good, yeah. Yeah. I um well, excited. I'm actually surprisingly excited for this movie because like I really like that first one apparently. I don't think that's surprising. This is right up your bread and butter alley. I guess that's true. I mean you love Sherlock Holmes, so I mean Yeah. Uh all right. Strange World. Uh, we got a bit more expansive trailer this time around. Yes. Ryan is very excited. This is the most excited I've been for a Disney movie in a long time. Because, like, hardcore, like, 1950s sci-fi, like, they've never, again, like, like Lightyear was the closest we've gotten in, since, like, Wally. Yeah. And, like, I just, it is, it is exactly what it is. It looks like it's a strange world. It's a weird stuff's happening, goofy aliens, long lost dad, like, everything that, like, I would want in a Disney movie it's there this this is the one and if it's bad i'm a i'm a i'm gonna be angry this is the one (laughs) very much a send-up to 1950 sci-fi as you said and also like journey to the center of the earth Uh the lost uh world kind of feel yep yep yeah i um, love love the cast it felt like it felt like kind of the post-renaissance disney era the atlantis the treasure planets like it felt very much kind of in that vein yeah very very inventive very imaginative like I love Jake Gyllenhaal and like yeah, Dennis Quaid is the dad. Like I think just like the and the cross generational story we'll be doing with three generations, yeah, the, the mm-hmm. son endeared to the grandpa and the the father not feeling like he should be because of his own things. With being the, like with his out. dad, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I'm, I'm beyond pumped. This one, this one is gonna is gonna wreck me. Uh, <laughs> can't wait. Hell yeah. You looked like you were going to say something. Oh yeah, yeah, I was. Sorry, um, I was. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> Sorry, then, like rebooted was... for a minute. I did. <laughs> I did. I buffered. I buffered. That's what happened. <laughs> Buffering. Uh, I was going to say like the biggest shock to me in this trailer was the fact that they weren't in space because all the other teaser trailers that looked like they are in uh, outer space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, instead, yeah. they're going not to space. They're going hollow Earth. I don't know what they're underneath the center planet. I don't know, but. You're right. The the designs, the creatures, every from those first teaser trailers, this world that they're in is fantastic. It is fantastic with every sense of the word of how imaginative it is, how unreal it is, and just how it's like, whoa, that thing. Yeah. And then because I because this whole thing, even the way it was shot, it felt like an old 1950s sci-fi um, movie. But it's like, okay, cool. So we're going to outer space again. Okay, I can't. I'm not complaining. We're not. I loved I loved the concept of hey your dad was this super cool epic explorer who explored all these crazy worlds. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need you though because your dad's oh missing. God. It's it's Ad Astra, but the Disney animated version. <laughs> right. I, he goes up to that one fan. He goes, "I am a big fan of your dad. Can you possibly forge his signature?" <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, I am. I am. I have high hopes for this one. Yeah. Um. I'm really excited for this one. Like I said, like I'm, I'm, I've been waiting for kind of that return to to the Atlantis Treasure Planet uh, adventure um, uh, movie. So let's see if people respond to crazy sci-fi stuff. Let's hope. Let's let's pray. Let's hope. 
Yeah. Uh, Lucy Liu playing Callisto, the president. That Lu- that's, that's Lucy really Liu. Cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Cool. She's doing like, wow, good job, Lucy Liu. I didn't expect that. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'm so stoked for that movie. Yeah. Oh, and Alan, I heard we heard Alan Tudyk's voice in this in this trailer. He's at the end. Did Good we? for him. Mm-hmm. When the like the bird thing is like ripping him out of the out of the out of the cockpit. Oh, that's Alan. Oh, gotcha. Oh, that's Alan Tudyk. Okay. of course it is. Good man, get that paycheck, man. Right. He's he did the D twenty three had a whole like tribute to him and his characters <laughs> in, in their movies. He's not dead. He's just in a lot of stuff. Yeah, he's just like our good luck charm, Alan Tudyk, and he's just yeah. like all the clips he's in. He's like, oh yeah, I was King Kent, I was this, 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 and I was a chicken. He's also like the star of like on like a third season sci-fi show where he plays an alien or whatever. I'm like, yeah, that dude works nonstop. God, uh, yeah, I just think it's really cool that uh, Lucy Liu's doing some good voice work there and playing the president. Yeah, I absolutely did not catch Lucy Liu. At all. No, neither yeah. did I until they put her yeah. name at the end. I was like, I still didn't catch that. Yeah, yeah, I still didn't catch that with her. She's doing like she's doing like voice acting work. Hell yeah, Lucy Liu. Go Lucy Liu. Hellraiser. Oh, you guys. Um, I want someone real quickly, real quick, Ren. I want someone to screen to screenshot what just happened because I want to meme it. Get you someone who looks at get you someone who looks at Ryan that like that way. Sparks said the the most like the most like oh yeah oh yeah. <laughs> uh, so we got we got Prey earlier this year, and that's not is that's not a like hundred uh, percent remake of Predator, but it is like redoing the same thing in a different way. Uh, like this looks like. Or sorry, that's not a bad example. Fright Night's a better example. Doing a remake, but 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 doing something different. Um, all the all the the Cenobite designs are similar, but very different. They are more grotesque, and they are way weirder. Um, they're more juicier, and they're gooier, and I love it. Um, it. It looks like it's telling, it's retelling Hellraiser One, which is a relatively simple story in terms of what's happening, but like it is doing the expansive lore building that the the ten movies built up. Um, you very quickly see stuff from like Hellraiser Two. Uh, which is, I believe his name's like the, the Leviathan, which is, which is like Satan. Uh, it's like a giant, uh, a pillar that's like descending from the heavens from it's like, from it's chaos realm. I'm like, they're showing that shit in the trailers. Like, oh yeah. I'm just, I'm so pumped. Um, having a, a trans, a trans female, uh, pinhead is so cool. She looks so good. It's not even funny. Um, this looks so gross and that's all I could really ask for. And like, they're getting the exact thing of like pleasure and pain. That's the whole deal. Like. This looks like a mwah, remake. Mwah. Couldn't be happier. Hulu, man. Hulu, Hulu, and Paramount. They're both like, oh, you guys. I'm ready to see these delights. I'm I'm so thrilled that it's Halloween time and like an extended you're gonna watch those with me. Hell yeah. Yeah. All right. If Ben has anything to add about Hellraiser. I'm ne- no. Well, it's cool. Ben's ready to get chained up, I think. What? <laughs> Ooh, kinky. What? You're not. You didn't find Pinhead attractive. You, you, she's not, that's not doesn't do it for you. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of all the pins, my dude. No, that's not fair. I get it. Let's get it. I mean, they don't go into you, as far as I know. There's just in them, right? I'm still no, not you, a no, fan. You, get, you unfortunately get changed. Some other things get inside you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, hot D. Yeah, it's metal. He's talking about metal. <laughs> ben, you oh. love metal. It's. <laughs> oh my god. Ben did say he likes the leather. Thank you, Grayson. There you go. Bring it up. God damn it, Grayson. <laughs> Bring it up. Oh, All right. The Cenobites are the original leather daddies. So All right. Oh, yeah. my God. Love it. So, so happy. Like, really. Like, I, uh, this trailer looks so good. And, like, 
I'm just so happy because Hellraiser is such a cool franchise. Uh, it has such a good cult following, um, and it's just it's nice to be back. Everything everything comes around eventually in Hollywood. Love it. Yeah, it's true. Uh, okay, that's it. That's uh, you guys want to sit around for an hour? No. <laughs> All right. Why don't I'm we do our little. Why don't we do our 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 next thing? Our main topic for the night. Take. That's very soothing to listen to. Ah, nailed it. All right, guys, welcome. Oh, I did. Damn. <laughs> I didn't realize you changed the background. Good job, I, dude. I did. I did. And I got the logo changed all in record time. Mag <laughs> saying a good night. Uh, just as we get into our main topic. Good night, sir. Good night, night bud. You stay safe as well. So welcome to Fake Nerds Watch for Star Wars and or this is the latest Star Wars show coming to, that is on Disney Plus now. The latest live action Star Wars show about our good friend Cassian Andor, who we haven't seen since he died. Um, so welcome back. So uh, full spoilers for the first three episodes of Star Wars Andor. once again, this is Fake Nerds Watch. Uh, just quickly sneaking into your Fake Nerd podcast episode. What do we think about the show? Ben, I want to hear what you have to say more than anyone. Really? Yeah, because oh. because I, I, I think this is more of a slower Star Wars show than we've ever had. And like, I want to see it, like if you're if you're vibing with it, because I, oh, I am. I know how I oh, I'm vibing. I am yeah. hardcore vibing with this show. Wow. So this Andor so far is that Star Wars show. I feel like it is like the first true and I don't know how other any other way to word this. So I'm just going to word it this way. Mm -hmm. It is the first true adult Star Wars show. As in, it does take place in, in, the, in a galaxy far, far away, but it is has very heavy adult themes. And by adult themes, I mean, you see Cassian Andor murder people in the first 10 minutes. I mean, he yeah, kills one guy, he kills one guy accidentally, but he straight up shoots a dude point blank in cold blood. We do actually see him do that in Rogue One the first time we, we do. meet him. So, so yeah. we, you're right. We do see him do on that brand. in Rogue One. What's up? Yeah, on brand. Yeah, very on brand for Cassian Andor. Um, I am intrigued, and I am, and I want to know what happens. Like jumping ahead a little bit to the to when um Stellan Skarsgård, right? Yep. I want to make sure I got my Skarsgårds correct. When he shows <laughs> up, that show went from I still was enjoying it. It went from like a five to a ten, and it just like stuff went down i'm like i am ready for this i am all here for it those first three episodes were some good exposition there are some good um a little bit of kernels of 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 into cassian's life and i am i'm ready for it i am so happy we got this i am all aboard the andor train hell yeah what are the episode titles my friend you got them yeah uh the first episode is titled casa mm -hmm. the second one is that would be me mm -hmm. and the third one is reckoning reckoning Speaking of reckonings, how do you reckon with these three episodes, Brandon? <laughs> I love it. This is exactly the show I've wanted, I've wanted Disney to make. Uh, I never thought I'd get it with Cassian Andor as a character, um, although I was always kind of interested in a prequel about him. Uh, I'm so happy. So, so, so happy. Thank God. I can't, yeah. sometimes, I, sometimes I watch this and I can't believe Disney actually put this on screen. Yes, I, I am, I'm very thrilled I like it as well. I, I am not, I like Rogue One. I'm not as hot a Rogue One as you guys are. And I didn't need to see more Cassian Andor. Um, but now that we are here and he is, he's a focus, he's getting a lot more, but it's also not just about him. It's about the starts of the rebellion and stuff. Uh, it is, 
like I agree with you, Brandon, the Star Wars show I've always wanted. Um, but more than just the political side, like uh, uh, I sometimes, I like my shows to have a little grit to them. I don't want all my shows to be PG. Uh, in the world of Star Wars, it started as PG, so I'm not expecting anything to turn on the House of the Dragon. But when you have a franchise that's turning, you know, 50 years old, and it's as expansive as it is, you can do different types of things in the world, right? So the fact that it took us this long to get here, um, it, it, it took a little longer than I wanted. But now that we're here, I'm thrilled. Um, I actually found the first episode to be totally fine. And, I, and by the time I got to episode three, I was thrilled that I thought episode one was fine. Because it means they're taking their time. And it is, it is taking the slow journey that I wanted it to take. It's not a six-episode show where it's half over already. We just got... This was the this was the prologue for Andor, more than anything. Um, and I do agree with you, Ben. Once Stellan was introduced, um, the show really kicks in the high gear for me. Um, uh, uh, it's shot beautifully. This is probably the best-looking Star Wars thing, even like in terms of the movies, just because all of it looks so real, because most of it's real. It's really nice. Yeah. I, I, I'm thrilled that we're here. Yeah. I would end up echoing a lot of what Ryan said. Um, I I think that there's such a blessing in knowing that there's 24 total episodes of this show and we're only in the first three. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, a real show. <laughs> <laughs> HBO Star Wars. And, yeah. and to feel that way and to feel like I'm watching something that's actually about like people who live in the world of Star Wars and it's not just like it's a bit or it's just for this one episode that we're kind of thinking about this and it's like nah this is just about like man does it doesn't it kind of suck to live under the Empire's thumb in Star Wars and it's like oh well okay yeah all right I'm into it I like it I like all of it I think it looks really good it does make me kind of retroactively not like some other Star Wars shows as much um but at least uh, there's this one, and I'm glad they put the work in. Oh, my God. Uh, there's, like, one shot specifically of one of the ships. And I'm like, I don't think I've ever seen a ship look this good in Star Wars. And it made me think about Kenobi. And I'm like, why, God? Just Thank the thing, God. I'm just, the I'm just glad that, really... that Andor, it's, it's real quick, but it's so weird that Andor is the show that's getting the best budget, the best cinematography that the money can buy. Uh, and Kenobi is just like, yeah, give it like, give it like a side room. Whatever. I think it feels like it feels very much like it's driven by the concept of we know we have nothing to like stand prop the show up on. We're not propping it up on you e- and McGregor. We're not propping it up on Ahsoka or uh, little baby Yoda. We're we're trying to do it off of Diego Luna. Yeah. Did you like Rogue One? Diego Luna, more show. Yeah. <laughs> That's all they had to prop it up on. And it's... so they were like, we gotta make sure that we make everything else work. And then it did because they put the work in. Yeah. This one actually really makes me, sorry, Ben, real quickly. This one actually really makes me like really question. Like this thing is, this show looks expensive. Like it looks expensive in a way that I haven't seen since Mandalorian season one, quite frankly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, For real. Yeah. I would say I would even more. (laughs) Yeah. And so like I'm watching this and I'm thinking, uh, and I'm looking at this. I'm like, I just, with how cheap Book of Boba Fett and Obi-Wan Kenobi looked, I, I'm shocked that this looks as good as it does because my standards were so were brought so low by how by by how, by those shows. And I do have to like give them some amount of like during a pandemic, but at the same time, so was this. Yeah. <laughs> Lord of the Rings was a pandemic show, everybody. Remember I need oh, everyone sorry. to remember that. Because and this... look how that show looks. Uh. This stopped filming before Obi Wan started. This show has been in development for so long. Uh, 
I have a question for the three of you, but before that, when Brandon was talking about how good the show looks, there were many moments in both episode one, episode two, and obviously episode three. I'm watching the show. I was like, why couldn't Boba Fett look this good? Boba Fett's the one that kind of hurts the most for some reason. Like yeah. Obi-Wan, I still got some pretty good Obi-Wan stuff, but Boba Fett was the letdown where I'm just like, oh yeah, why didn't you put money behind that? Why is this why is that show hold held up by a shoestring? I'm yeah. I'm different. I'm definitely different because I'm like I can't believe Obi-Wan looks as bad in comparison to this. Yeah. Like yeah. the fact that there are episodes where it's like so dark and you can't make out most things. Yeah. And the the just lame set construction, set construction of the cavern that they're hiding in. And I'm like, how how did you let that world feel so sparse and Andor feels so lived in this was supposed to be such a big moment for these pivotal star wars characters and that came off looking cheap as shit so i think and i like obi-wan too and you're absolutely right sparks that obi-wan does look cheap as shit by comparison you can like it and recognize that it looks entirely like a fake show (laughs) um so i think what helps a lot and some of the other star wars shows have had this as well but there's definitely more creative oversight because of what's involved uh, Tony Gilroy and Toby Haynes, who are the writer and directors, are writing and directing most of this entire show. Uh, obviously, there's help behind the scenes stuff, but they are the two guys who are mostly co- making this show on their own with the help of other people. So, like, it is their visions. And both of these guys, uh, Tony Gilroy comes from the Bourne movies, and he's written a bunch of movies like Michael Payton. He is a guy who comes from the spy world. And the other guy has worked on Chernobyl. So these are two dudes who know drama. So they are Tony making Gilroy. a drama first that happens to be Star Wars instead of a Star Wars show they have to make into a drama. And like it just feels like a real show, and it's just like again, I can't believe it's it's Andor. That's the show. Like, oh my god, this is what I've been waiting for. Like, thank God, I love you, Cassie, and thank you so much. So, I have I have actually a quick response to what what Ryan said. Tony Gilroy, um, no slight to Gareth Edwards. Gareth Edwards did not do the the uh, reshoots for Rogue One. Tony Gilroy did. He's the reason Rogue One's finale is as good as it is. Yeah, he. Like yeah. I really like Gareth Edwards uh, as a director, and his visuals for Rogue One always stand out to me. Um, but Tony Gilroy is is how that is why that movie is the way it is. Is Tony Gilroy the one who directed the Vader scene? Yes, that scene wasn't originally in the. the no movie. wonder I and love the show so just, much. <laughs> and not just that, they reshot the entire finale. Like the the Scarif Beach scene is all to Tony oh, yeah. Gilroy. That's yeah, because like, yeah, because Gareth Edwards thought he couldn't kill his main characters, and then can't, no, the no, shows, the, oh. no, 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 the characters were always going to die. The oh. characters were always going to die. What the big change was was originally, if you watch, especially and you can see this if you watch the original trailer, the where the where the satellite was and where the the plans were were in different locations. So oh. there was a whole other beach scene, which where you see like the the stormtroopers coming out of the water. Like that, oh. that sort of stuff that didn't make it into the movie. That's where all that came from. Tony Gilroy came in and, and made it just the one tower. And that was kind of how that, that that's how he restructured the finale. Okay. Still or, a kick-ass finale. I, I, I love, I still love Road One. I still love that movie. And that finale is still, and no wonder, no wonder I'm really liking Andor. Anyways, my question to the three of you, did you gentlemen watch this in all in one go? Or did you take a break in somewhere in the middle? Uh, we watched episode one by itself, and then uh, two days later, two and three. That wasn't really out of like, oh, we didn't feel like watching two and three at the time. It was more the necessity of how our weekend was structured because yeah. we had things to we had do. to move. Oh yeah, understand. I, I did a similar thing, but I didn't wait a, a day. I, I watched the first episode and then I watched this the last. I, I, I will say, yeah. like on it, episode one, I, I like 
I liked everything that it was giving me, but like it for episode one, it wasn't propelling me enough. But by the time we got to episode two and three and I saw the flow that it was giving me, I, I really warmed up to it. But I think episode one on its own, like if it's just episode one, I don't think it's particularly great as a standalone episode of TV. I I, I will Real quick, I want to rebuttal to what Ryan said mm-hmm. just by saying that uh, my experience when watching it was I was, I was, you know, like, all right, I, I'm really liking the way the show looks overall. But the thing that got me about it was um, twofold. It was one was the uh, the fact that it is very clearly told to us that that was the first time Cassian had killed anyone mm-hmm. yep. uh, and that it was accidental. And then the panic reaction to kill someone else. I thought was really well executed. And the fact that that was like uh, our inciting incident for this whole story, mm-hmm. I thought was really good and well crafted. And then um, the flashbacks to his time as a child mm-hmm. told awesome. me already that we were doing a colonialism story, Hell yeah. which you picked mm-hmm. up on with the second episode. Yeah. Um, but that, that that's where we were going. And I was like, great, because uh, they very purposefully don't subtitle them. Uh, which you were pointing out, you're like, why aren't they subtitling them? And it's because it's because the whole point of what they want you to feel is that the Canari are so obscure in the world of Star Wars that nobody understands them. Um, they don't know basic. They have not encountered other races on a large scale. They've never seen a droid before. Yep. Um, so that's the whole point is you're supposed to feel like they're completely foreign uh, mm-hmm. to the rest of Star Wars. Yeah, I was watching the... Um the flashback scenes unfold and I, and I, and I was actually really surprised at how well it was structured within the fabric of the story. The, yeah. the, the rest of the show and the flashbacks work in a, in a really good way where, so they are not constantly missing one or the other. You're enjoying the flow of the story as it's being presented to you. It's a, it's a, it's a subtle structure choice, but it works really well. Bringing me back to my arrow days. Yeah. Right. We got our first star Wars brothel. Yo, man, talk about sex and Star Wars. You, you know, I was wondering if that was what that was. Yes, it was. Oh, bro, yeah. Like, we don't use our real names here. Come on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no shit. So, in, in, like, episode three, she takes her jacket off, and that's, like, the sexiest Star Wars has ever been. She's like, I'm taking my jacket off because we're about to bang. I'm like, yeah. that's a PG-13 Star yeah. Wars right there. Uh, real quick, I want to acknowledge the check. We have Gail, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Ragan, Reagan. Reagan. Reagan, Ragan, I don't, I don't know. Anyways, uh, they say, I believe most of the budget on Kenobi went to the actors, while on Andor, it went to the sets. I believe that. I believe, I believe it cost you and Gregor a shit ton of money to get him back. I guarantee that. Yeah, probably. Probably. But, it, but, but you're Disney. You can put more money no. into that budget. No, it's, it's true. A, it's a choice. <laughs> because that's the thing, is it's a choice. Like, it, like regardless of if on the show side, they decide how they allocated their resources and that they needed to spend this much to get you and McGregor back, it's also like from a broader perspective, they can look at it and be like, well, we put this much work into what visually the show of Andor is going to look like. If we really want to sell what Star Wars looks like, why aren't we putting that money into Kenobi? Why aren't we putting that money into Book It makes me, it makes me, because you said, Brandon, that they were filming Andor before some of these other shows. It makes me think that Andor was so expensive. They're like, we can't do this again. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a, maybe. Uh, especially to 12 their, episodes. To their detriment and yeah. loss. 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they call Canary an abandoned mining facility, uh, an abandoned uh, imperial mining facility, which I thought was it interesting. Had a, it had an accident. Yeah, it had an accident. I thought Maybe it was interesting. I thought it was interesting that they did that because it's uh, it's actually a Republic mining factory. The Republic is still around when Cassian is that young. Because you hear the well, girl say, um, the, Rep- the Republic, a Republic frigate is on its way. 
Yes, I caught that too. Mm -hmm. I think that they're calling it, uh, when they say, I don't think that's a mistake or anything, I think they're calling it an Imperial mining facility because that's the official record. The Empire had taken over by the time that they decided to wipe out whatever was there. Yeah, I was mostly just saying that it, it's it, it creates an interesting look at the Empire. Um, just the kind of like, oh yeah, everything that was Republic, we're not going to differentiate. We have always been the Empire. It, mm-hmm. it creates an interesting look at the Republic too, because for all intents and purposes, a Republic officer got up and shot an indigenous child with no forewarning or reason. Yeah. Now you could argue that he was ill and acting out of illness. Yeah. Sure. That's what the yellow thing is. We do hear them talking about sickness. Mm-hmm. Still pretty rough. I don't buy it. And we hear, you know, it's it's late in the Clone Wars. So maybe they, maybe the, the change has already happened. You know, they're already Imperial officers in the Republic. Yeah. Um, Aunt Petunia is his fake mom, and she kidnaps him real You're, bad. That is who that That's was. That was looking. Yeah, I was yeah, trying to figure yeah. it out. Yes, yeah, Fiona Shaw, we've, talk, we've talked about uh, uh, off and on, I've been bringing Fiona Shaw up for a while because she's a major role in Killing Eve mm-hmm. and Fantastic. So I've been very excited for her to show up here. I think she's great. Love her. She didn't get a lot of time with her. She's so good. I wish we got more. Uh, um, but I do like what she does. Uh, you brought up the the kidnapping of we're we're gonna jump all over the place. Yeah. You brought up the kidnapping of him, and I I really like the parallel of it because in 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 both factors they so well are presenting to you across the board what the show is doing so well is giving you both perspectives. It has a leaning and a preference of who is correct, mm-hmm. but it is showing you what both perspectives are because yes, he's being kidnapped from his people. He's being taken away just as the other one says he has people here, but they're going to die. He's also being saved from being killed. Yep. Uh, like both of those things are happening. And the same thing is happening again with Skarsgård. Yep. He is being taken away from his home, but he is also being saved from being killed. So like <clears throat> it's both things at once and neither thing is necessarily making the other justified. Uh-huh. And you can see the same thing happening when they present, like, from the perspective of our deputy inspector, right? From his perspective... Oh, Mr. Blue Eyes? Yes. From his perspective, Cassian and his type are bad. Yeah. They have only hurt good, hardworking, I- imperial-employed men. They have attacked them unjustly from his perspective. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Because that's the angle he sees. He's not see he he isn't there specifically. He is not there to see when they throw the girl against the wall and yeah. shoot the other one. Yep. He doesn't see that. He he probably won't see a report about it either. It's God. It this these three episodes are are like a little like it's like a little movie into itself, and it's like shows you like how people become radicalized on both sides. Yes, and it's so good at that because you see Cassie and how he becomes a rebel, and you see Mister Blitz and how he's like definitely gonna become an imperial, and, and he's like he's like I'm, I'm but I'm I'm in the right, and all these people and, are just bad, like, and all of them and all of them are talking correctly from like a perspective of, uh, you know. Not correctly, but like the the blue they think the blue right. the blue armed militia guys. They are speaking from the perspective of like these Space were cops. our guys, these were our brothers. How can we not do something about that? Yeah, and that only escalates the situation. And our original in, uh, chief inspector clocked it correctly. He's like they were at a place they weren't supposed to be mm-hmm. doing something they weren't supposed to do. Yeah, with weapons they weren't supposed to have. They were probably and yeah. money they weren't supposed to have. Yeah. They got into a fight. They got killed. It was their fault. Leave it alone. Because on some level, he understands that poking that bear only stirs the pot this direction. Yep, yep, yep. It's kind of like what the other guy said, the Scottish guy. He was like, there's pockets fermenting uh-huh. around the plant, the planets. And it's kind of like the the older guy know, knows this, but doesn't want to make it 
exacerbate it and make it worse. Right. Which this it, would it, which would this would do. I think it's such a smart interaction where he says like these these men were murdered. No, these men got into a fight and lost. That's a there's a difference and I know yeah. just from looking at their record and what they had on them and who they are and where they were. I Even, know that's what happened. I know they weren't doing this in the name of their law. They were doing something wrong. And uh, and he's like we need to leave it alone. It's going to get worse. But the young one doesn't get that. He doesn't understand it because to him, this is just injustice. Uh, that Scottish the guy was the commissioner in the Batman. Yes, he was. Oh, good actor. I didn't, good actor. I didn't catch that. Anyways, uh, even he was saying like the the chief inspector, the old guy, he says he's like, oh, I know one of these men. He was a squad leader on four. Absolutely terrible person. He yep. sucked. And I'm like, yeah, just let him. that guy is wound way too tight. And you got you got like some of these underlings talking like why are we doing this? There's no point in he, doing this. Oh. And but and then he gets the other guy coming, the 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 uh, Scottish okay. guy, and he and he and to talk about like like kind of hype him up like yes yes yeah. you're right we have to do this and they're like yes yes I am in the right and then everyone else yeah. is kind of like going like what are we doing this for? You, you definitely it you definitely does. Man. You definitely have the show does a really good job of showing the people who take this way too seriously. And the people who are there like are just like, this is just what we do for a living. Like we well, come in, we clock out, we go home. Well, yes, like the Scottish guy, clearly not above Mr. Blue Eyes, but no. he can recognize that he can take advantage of him to get his way and to get the power where it's supposed to be. So mm -hmm. he's absolutely he's a like-minded individual. He sees a like-minded individual he can and, and he can he can turn him to the right because he the Mr. Blue Eyes is very weak. He can't give a speech to save his life. His his men are like, this guy sucks. Oh my god. I think I think that's all done really well that we do get enough glimpses of the men to know that like they don't they're not all convinced by the propaganda. They're not all convinced by the bullshit. Yeah. Some of them are there just to do their job. Yep. Some of them, when doing their job, see another person do their job incorrectly and take their gun from them. Yes, yes, yes. Um, like it's 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 all kinds of levels of like who's invested in this and who isn't and who's just working. And again, and it feels isn't. like real people. Right. Like cause and, and everybody, no matter how good you are, has like shades of gray. Like it's it's that's why I mm -hmm. love like shows like this. And like it's really nice that we can dive into where Star Wars is generally about archetypes. We can dive into like real emotions and like real death. And, stuff. and importantly, they do a good job of showing that they actually, they're correct. It is Cassian that they're after, mm -hmm. but they never actually have enough actionable information to say he is the Canary man they're looking for. Mm -hmm. They never mm -hmm. get that far. Not on screen. We're not given the information that they have correctly gotten their man mm -hmm. uh, for their, them to justify what they're doing. We don't get that information. Yeah. Um, you could argue it's hinted because we do see the lady from the brothel come in, yeah, and she yeah, would have yeah. told them, but we don't know that she told them. Um, so it's left vague and unclear that they actually know for sure Cassian's our guy. And it, it, helps. Mean, it doesn't it doesn't matter because the allegory that they're trying to pursue are cops doing right. these kinds of raids, like that's mm -hmm. so well, it, it it so it deliberately the show wants you to think that like hey they, he want they want you to make that that connection because a cop will stop you even if they don't have any actual, actual evidence against you. That's my point. That's why I'm saying I'm praising the show for doing it that way. Yeah. So, Ryan, you were going to say something I interrupted. I sure was. <laughs> I'll get to it. I'll figure it All out. Right, um, I really like the way the town rallies around Cassian when uh, when they see the, the cops show up and they have all like the everyone. Everyone's ringing these kind of like these metal clanging on these on this metal around the town. And it's like confusing them, and it's kind of like making them all anxious. And then when it gets quiet, it makes it even worse. Oh, yeah, so good. Uh, oh, the reckoning line. 
And what's so great, what's so great is there's no music playing during that scene. That's the only background noise in the in the scene is the clanging of the metal. And it's an incredible, it's an incredible choice. And, and it lasts really for like a that. long time too. Like even in the background, like when Cassian and and Stellan's character are talking, like you hear like ding, 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 in the background, like, yeah. oh, that's for they're helping. That's nice. Yeah. Um, oh, man. Uh, that scene between Stellan and Cassian with like all the engines falling, shit, dude. I, that's what an inventive way to do an action scene that like I've never seen before, but it's also in a Star Wars show. Like a bunch of just engines falling from chains, like just man, good stuff, good stuff. And that's and then, just a great scene. The exchange between them is oh, yeah. super well done. Oh, yeah. yeah, he knows yeah. so much about him and stuff. Oh yeah, spooky. You know what also is a good little snippet? I mean, it's not a full on scene, but a great snippet. Hmm. When the when the blue guy runs inside the house, shoots at aliens trying to run away, oh, is trying God. to hide behind a thing, and then you hear the gun click behind him, and he's like, "How many are you?" And then you hear Stellan just go, "Kill him." Yeah, I love that. Just kill him. I'll kill him. I'll kill him. I'll do it. It is so much of Ben. Yeah, like he sees a, a like a little aliens run by and he like he like he just immediately shoots him. Like, bro, you are the worst. God, the, you are, yes. you're gonna put on an imperial outfit so fast. It's not even funny. Do you think? I, uh, just me projecting and just wanting to speculate for a second. Um, we got a lot of episodes to go. Oh yeah. Uh, which is great. Um, do you think that that guy's gonna be the one who outs Stellan later? He's gonna remember his voice. Oh. That's a traumatic moment. He's going to remember that voice because it is he is pretty a, distinct. We do know from the from the trailers that he is a Senate man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's part of the Imperial Senate. Um, so I, I wonder if he's going to catch that voice and catch on and mm, get him maybe. out. That's a good. Yeah, like they'll have a like a chance meeting and mm-hmm. like you sound familiar. Yeah. Or or even worse, like hear him on a hologram or something and be like, oh, I know that voice. I'm just I'm just so excited for the Empire to get involved. Because, like, I, I'm so excited to see, like, I find Mr. Blue Eyes, even though I don't know his name, really compelling. Because, like, I, he's just, he's trying to do the right thing so bad. He's just really bad at it. He's so bad I, at it. He's, I hate he's him just so really much. a bad person and doesn't know it. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see what you do. He's the, right. he's the guy who'd, like, un- unironically drink the Kool-Aid. Like, yes, the Empire is right. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. yeah well, exactly. just, I, everything that happens in his life, uh, like, like, it's just pushing him in that direction, even though, like, he's, that's just the only perspective he has. And I'm like, oh, Let's have a sit down with Cassie, and it's fine. I hate that character so much. I this is kind of like a when I say I hate that character, it's kind of like a love hate thing because the the yeah. actor performing this is doing an amazing job. Yeah. I mean, I want to say that it kind. This is probably a really bit of a stretch, but he reminds me of Drawfrey Baratheon in a way. Whereas you hate his guts, but you still want to know what happens next. Looks he looks He's, more like Ramsay though. It's he very- does look more like Ramsay, yeah. I think it is very important that like the way that they frame where he is and what he's experiencing, mm-hmm. because again, like he's not seeing the violence his group commits. Yeah. He is only seeing radical, dangerous people terrorists. that are getting in their way, terrorists that are getting in their way from trying to catch a murderer Who murdered of his, his fellow men. Yeah. Perspective. Man. And then, yeah. and then it's that, vehicle blown up and everything like it all falls apart in front of him yeah his homies get blown up yeah yeah also i love how the second that a speeder shows up i'm like oh no there's bombs on that thing that's a distraction and then you see the speeder bike go beep boom love it i i really um don't hmm salazar is a great actor uh he's a he's a fantastic actor this is the most fun i've seen him have in years in just the one, in just the one scene, he's delivering such a, such an. It's almost too good for Star Wars, 
Like when we see him, like that scene talking to him, talking to Andor, it's really good. And he's really good in it. Like he's, he is chewing up that dialogue. Like it is Shakespeare. It's, 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 it's going to sound bad, but it's because he's a real actor doing like real acting in like a real show. It's it's cool that like, I mean, Star Wars has had great actors, but they always kind of like know that they're, they're in Star Wars. We know what we're doing, but but what what Tony Gilroy really wanted to do with this is that is to kind of like push the idea like now let's 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 do let's do a, let's do a drama this isn't star wars let's let's play this as a drama absolutely I, yeah it, i can it, only i'm just imagining stellan skarsgård getting the script he's like man the script is amazing he arrives on set is this star wars <laughs> i'm like coming from real he, I mean, he's been in marvel movies yes uh oh, yeah, right, Sparks, what are we gonna say no i'm saying it really does come down to the writing because like you the the actors will handle material with the deafness that the writing demands. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like, you know, you, you can have talents like you and McGregor who are able to be so talented that they can elevate loftier writing that they are given. Yep. And then other talents that aren't uh, in star Wars. And then there's star Wars writing where it's already just so mm-hmm. solid that it, they already are able to just extrapolate the most out of it. And yeah. this show is an example of that because everybody's getting to do it. It's not just Stellan. Stellan's a fantastic actor. So he's really getting to show, especially because his role allows him to really stretch with this. Absolutely. But uh, it is everybody else in the show just has great dialogue. Yeah. Everybody's well written. Absolutely. Uh, and coming from, again, I watched a couple months ago, I watched Chernobyl, uh, which some people helped make that show, made this show. And Stellan Skarsgård is one of the stars of that show. Uh, and I'm like, uh, it's it's just nice. Like he's a guy who brings it no matter what he's in. Um, and I do agree, agree Brandon. He is like, he's like, he's really bringing it for this one. And I'm so excited that like, He's not going to be like a one and done episode thing. Like he's in the show. Um, I cannot. I cannot wait to him. Him and Mon Mothma. His shit. No, him faking his shit in the Senate. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The good politics. Yeah. Oh, dude, that's the, that's the, going to be the real surprise. Like we're not going to get cameos of like famous people. Like I want to see some. Fu- I want to see some senators. I want to see some people that we've seen before, but now they're like with the Empire or whatever. Like, oh, I recognize you from episode three. You, you weird looking monster. I love the. I love the line where he where and it's in the trailer. It's like you just walk in like you own the place. They're mm-hmm. so they're so comfortable now uh, that they they think they can do no wrong. So you you could rob them blind, uh, right under their nose, and it's they a can't. it's it's a great moment. They can't imagine yeah, they it. can't even imagine someone like me getting in here, getting in their home. Yeah. So someone as long as you come in confident, they're not even going to look again. I love it. Yeah, and I it's, really. It's, and it's so cool because again, like it's one of those fun prequel things. Like we like we know where it ends up, but like the 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 potential for drama uh is just so spicy so spicy and like the showrunners have said like this is a show with stakes so we are going to meet a lot of characters who are going to die because it's a rebellion and i'm like it's it's it is nice to have again like it always comes down on like people dying for some reason but like it is nice to have a show with stakes sometimes because like i know star wars and these people aren't gonna die i i'm not worried about half the characters in kenobi you know except for like the one new character who i know is gonna die uh so like i'm really excited to meet a bunch of characters and like believe they, that they're all on the table like that is fun and to be in star wars to have that feeling i don't think there's anything wrong with kind of knowing the destination of of where a character goes you can you can still um have good stakes without the threat of death being involved but there is something kind of refreshing at this point coming from coming from obi-wan um i don't mean to constantly throw obi-wan down under the bus but like it was the last one and coming from obi-wan to this one is stark in comparison uh, especially in the kind of the way of like Okay, well, our two main leads, we kind of know what they're going to do with this. But in this one, there's really only two characters. There's going to be a lot of characters introduced, which we know. And there's only the two characters that we know 
where they end up, and that's Mon Mothma and, and Diego Luna. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Cassian yeah. and Mon Mothma. Saul Guerrero. There you go. Yep, Saul, Saul does show up. You're right. I forgot about Saul. But he's like um, a fun cameo, but like this because we know, know. And I just like, want hey, to you know what? You know what? The 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 this is set in the same time period as Star Wars Rebels. Maybe we get a maybe we get a crossover. You never know. Didn't they say that no Hera was gonna be in Ahsoka, right? And Ahsoka, yeah. they've got they've casted the actor. They did. They totally yeah, did. Yeah. Um, so up? one of the points I was because we were talking about how we know the fates of two actor of three actors uh, or three characters, um, Cassian, Mon Mothma, and um, Saul. Saul, Saul. Thank you. We know Where their fates, but what also I love about what I'm loving about this show and what I also love going, bringing house of the dragon into the mix is that even though I know what is the ultimate end goal, I know how the entire war is going to drag out the characters that are introduced. I am curious to know what their stories are. I want to see how they get from point a to point B. I actually care about the middle. And I think that's a mark of a really good prequel, even though, bringing Game of Thrones in at the House of Dragon as an example, we know where the Targaryen dynasty leads. We know that in 200 years they're going to get sacked and then a bunch of bad shit is going to happen. It's the same with Rates of Power, Ben. There's a lot of prequels happening yeah. right now. Yeah, Rates of prequels. Power. Jesus, this is the age of prequels, too. My yeah, God. They're good. they're good. They're good. Oh, we are, man, we are eating so well. But you're right, Wings of Power. We know what's going on, but the characters that are introduced, the characters we've only heard stories about in the main things, now we're finding out what their stories are, how they got to what they are going to be, and I am here for it. I'm, I, I'm thinking of like, I, I, I know I just watched it, but I remember it's terrible, but like the, some of the final shots of the last episode were like, just like zooming in on character's face. Like there's like, there's like the, there's like the shipyard worker who like they zoom in on his face. Like yeah. this guy's a rebel. And they, Mr. Blue Eyes, this guy is evil. Cassian, it, 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 we know where he, it like, does. It does feel like one of those recruiter commercials. Yeah. Where it's like, uh, and I'm a Marine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm in the show. And, yeah, I'm, right. in the show. Uh, uh, and I'm like, okay, so you you're going to be a character. You're going to be a character. But you feel how uh, everybody was changed by that day. By that moment. Yeah. 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 Uh, it, it, like I felt the impact. I'm like, oh, this is like the start of a rebellion. In this, in this yeah. I love Mava so much. Mama. Uh, the um, the actress who played Ampetunia, I love her Man. so much. I yeah, she's adore great. She's I great. really she's hardcore. I'm really excited to see uh, how these characters are intertwined to the rest of the story, rest of the show. Uh, however long, wherever they show up, because if he can't come back to that planet quite yet, uh, it would be cool to see them show up on other planets and kind of like run into Cassian. There's very interesting ways you can do that story that I'm excited to see. Yeah, uh, we haven't talked about Tim and Bix. Tim yeah. and Bix. We have, just not by naming them. I, yeah. If I'm being honest, I didn't know his name was Tim. Yeah, yeah Tim. I, Tim, Tim, but with two, Tim with two M's. Yeah. I watched that's that Star Wars, baby. Tim. Tim. They, they literally <laughs> spell his name with, <laughs> in the subtitles, they spell his name with two M's. I am uh, not making this up. No, I didn't do, I didn't do subtitles. Um, I, I like... Oh, I forgot another character that we're going to... Sorry, you say what... I, I like those two characters. Like, they're definitely, like, like, if I had to pick all the characters, like, who are the weakest, it's probably them but like i like their story i really like tim being like a complex dude like he's not a bad guy but again like he's doing what he thinks constantly is right feeling guilty constantly but, feeling yeah like i i i actually was sad when he died because like yeah he wasn't the best dude but like clearly she liked him and like they had something yeah. there like, like it was like again like a real relationship he was jealous of andor and then he finds out what he did he sees her and then pays the ultimate price it's like yeah. it's because that when he gets drunk and he leaves the bar, he makes the call to the the to the Pomors or the Primors or whatever the hell the, the Blues. They're called the, yeah, the, the, the slang, the Primors. 
Yeah, and the, the workers they use slang and call the blues, but but when he makes the call, I'm like the whole time I'm seeing him, I'm like, yeah. He, well, he he he's interesting because um, he kind of like has this thing of like he does it in a fit of jealousy because he's been mm-hmm. drinking and he's watching the two of them and he's just like, oh, she's she's, and he because of that he regrets it. Yeah. Um, and I really like the the fact that he he get he gets shot trying to like protect her like trying to come to her aid uh and the the fact that it was a it was because of a trigger happy lowering lower rank dude is all the more uh uh, yeah yeah and and also the torture that bix had to go through while being chained to the wall i I really i really like the character of bix yeah me too i really like her i'm i'm curious to see i I definitely want to see more of her well she's already in on it we know that. Yeah, she's, she's already on, on, well on some rebellion stuff because, yeah. you know, even if it's not called the rebellion yet, she's been she planning Stellan because she calls Stellan specifically not just to come get the box. She's yeah. like, you should come take him. Yeah, I, you can use an man like Andor. You know what's so what's really cool is this being set in the same time period as Rogue One, uh, not Rogue One, um, Rebels. Um, even without a crossover, there is kind of a thematic crossover because uh, Rogue One is about the rebellion coming together as an alliance that becomes the rebel alliance when it was just pockets of rebellion that mon mothma was trying to get all to get together now we have two shows about those about two of those pockets uh leading up to rogue one uh where they all come together i think that's kind of thematically really cool it is intentional or not absolutely and like rebels is more of like the you know the bigger side you know the jedi side and stuff not that there wasn't smaller stuff but like it it doesn't need to cross over, but there's never this. There's never a better time to do crossover stuff. Again, not even with the big characters, side characters. Uh, like, why not have Hondo show up for no reason? He's a dumbass, right? <laughs> have him show up. Hondo absolutely or, could show up. Hondo, show. I think we're I think we're still a little bit ahead of the Rebels timeline yeah. currently, um, at this specific moment in the show, but we won't be forever. We are definitely uh, jumping. Yeah, we yeah. are we are ten years ahead of Rogue One right now. Yeah. So I thought we were. Isn't it, it's BBY five, which puts some five years. years. Five before Rogue five. One, that's, man, that's even better. That's even better. We have a lot. Five years together. before Rogue One. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you um, want me to bring up Gail's uh, sure. comment? Heck yeah. Sure. Yeah. So Gail. Gail was commenting about what I was talking about how um, how like the prequel these prequels are good shows because we were seeing characters. Uh, they say exactly. Thank you. Uh, they think that's why Andor is so good. We don't know these characters, and it's nice to see something different. Yep. One one other character we know survives outside the show, Babu Frick. <gasps> Babu Frick. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. Baba Frick's a Mandalorian, not in this one. Oh, is it Mandalorian? Oh, you're right. He is oh, a yeah. Mandalorian. Yeah, we see Baba Frick in Mandalorian. He's right. I love that guy. The best part of that movie, whatever it's called. I won't, I'm not gonna Rise of Skywalker. Rise, no, of the Sky- Rise of Skywalker. Well, you know what? Technically, I'm not wrong. Even if we don't see him, Baba Frick's alive and still survives past the show. <laughs> true. Very true. Baba Frick is old. Um, we learn. We I'm learn. honestly relieved to know Bobby Frick's not in the show. <laughs> we learn that hey, hey. Cassian's uh, adopted dad gets hanged, so we have look. We have that to look forward to. That's going to be sad. Uh, I'm super curious to see how this uh, imperial mining accident happened, where they definitely didn't murder every indigenous person on that planet. That definitely isn't something that's going to happen. Um, like, I'm just really glad that this show is like taking this shit seriously, and like it's dealing with like. Yo, like police brutality and like colonialism, like real shit. I'm like, 
I know Star Wars has tackled that before, but it's always like, yeah, but it's for kids. This feels more. Direct. This is like, no, man, like kids are getting, people are getting shot. <laughs> this, this, kinda, it, this is the kind of, this is kind of the one that goes to like, goes against George Lucas's whole like Star Wars is for 12 year olds. I was like, yeah. is this one? This I'm is the one where 12 year old. I think this is the I, one where the, this is the one where the 12 year olds grew up and were like, oh, nah, we're going to make it darker. Sorry. I, I think, and I, and I hate to like only circle a single point, but. I think that the value of the show is the fact that it does give you the read where you can see the both sides of it. Mm -hmm. It's telling you who your heroes are. Yeah. It is telling you that there is a side you should be on, but it is showing you this is why they think this way. Yes. This is why they are radicalized against the good yes. guys. This is how you go from being just like upset to being a bad person. Uh, I think it's important to do that because like it's, it's illustrative in we don't get it certainly not in our nerd pop culture enough of like it's not just saying those are the bad guys these are the good guys those are stormtroopers these are our heroes it's saying like these guys didn't always want to shoot people in the street and chain them to a wall yeah they got there because of a certain ideological thinking and it gives you that window Okay, it's all, giving you that perspective into how they become who they are. Yeah, I'm, and that that is the thing that I'm loving so much that is showing us both perspectives. And that it's yeah. also saying like, Cassian might be our hero, but Cassian also murdered two people in the street yes. at the beginning of the show. He he is a murderer. Regard like that first one on, on accident. Second one that's definitely on him. Definitely. Well, he's <laughs> it kind of puts us in the same headspace that we did with the with Rogue One. Like Rogue One, as as thin as that movie character wise is it, we are not supposed to know we are supposed to know that cassian andor is a cold-blooded murderer he That's murders he murders some dude the first time we see him he murders some dude without even hesitating it's it's funny that in the show and the movie it's like yo this guy murders people like damn right. I, but, but part of the it, point go ahead ben sorry i was gonna say like this show is probably gonna definitely because he was deaf, you could see him hesitating when he had the blaster to the guy's face, and he's like, "There's no way out of this." Because if we do go report it, he's gonna rat me out. I'm screwed either way. Uh, F it, pew. But this is, I could definitely see the show with him as much as it's probably gonna make me uncomfortable. Him getting more and more uncomfortable with committing the act. He's gonna have to become the yeah. the, the bad person that the red the lines needs. That's yeah. the thing. That's the thing of of of. We we also we we can only we can really only see him go further and further into the seediness of the rebellion. Whereas Rogue One, we see him. That's his kind of like rise up to the to the rebellion that we know thanks to Jin. So yeah, right. he can only go one direction. That's really cool. That what I was gonna say is that the Rogue One introduction of him killing someone and the introduction of him killing someone in the show are serving two different purposes. Mm -hmm. Which is that in the Rogue One film, it is meant to make you distrust him. Because the whole thing is that film is making you wonder, will he Betray. take the task of killing for the rebellion above Jin's feelings and kill her father? Mm -hmm. That's the whole thing that they want you to think about. And that's not entirely executed very well. If you want to go check out my Rogue One review with Brandon a long time ago. Um, but it's there. And then here in the show, it's about this was the first time he killed and how slippery that road is, especially in a time of war and in a time of like do these people deserve it and it's giving you the visual indication to say like they are on the other side but do they deserve it mm -hmm, mm -hmm. grayson that's a good point uh he's gonna go dark rick grimes route absolutely 100 mm -hmm. can't protect yeah. rick it's a show that wants <laughs> you to think and doesn't want to necessarily tell you exactly what to yeah. think i love it is. love it couldn't be happy that doesn't normally and... happen in star wars yeah 
And as far as I can tell, and I don't know why it, it, this struck me as a, this struck an odd chord to me, the first official Star Wars thing where someone says shit. That's true. Yeah, yeah hell yeah, we swearing in this. In this yeah, story. actually, hell you yeah. have that that Scottish guy go shit. Have like, we're getting closer. Just... We're getting closer to a Star Wars sex scene. So close. We got we're pretty close. Oh, he's got a jacket off. That was pretty. That was whew. pretty sexy. Oh, uh, we see someone. We see someone take off their pants. That's the true. brothel. I mean, no, no. Uh, like, when Tim and Bix hook up, we uh, she she goes into the other room, takes off her pants, and sits in the bed. We're getting closer, guys. We'll get there start. eventually. I have faith. Um, let's see. Let's see. Um, I think that mostly covers covers it. It's it's a. I'm very thankful at at the pace that it's going. Having twenty four, like it's twelve episodes a season, but having twenty four episodes, knowing where it's going, like it's going to be a really fun roller coaster uh going up to the the rebel alliance and yeah. that's that's i i have full faith in the show and i'm glad everyone on the internet is going crazy for the show too like it's really nice to have everyone on board for a star wars show if you put yeah. the quality into the work yes people will like it. absolutely yeah um, okay why don't you bring up the last few comments and then we'll yep. close it out so grayson was like wow star wars r-rated film Ooh." And then uh, Gail comes back and says, when the Lord of the Flies rolled up on the spaceship crash, I don't know if those were an alien species or folks with jaundice. I want to say they were dying because there was a gas leak. And there was there was like sickness. yeah, it's yeah, there, there was some yeah, there was some sickness that they were dying from. That's why yes, when Gail's, uh, Mama shows up, she's wearing her uh, mask. But Gail's right. When we see the first scene, I also was not clear on if this was an alien species or not for mm-hmm. the first two bodies we see. And yeah, then once the second body dropped, I was like, I think this is illness. Yeah. I love the Lord of the Fries rolled up. I think that's really funny. <laughs> that was funny. That was funny. All right. Uh, cool. Yeah, that is great. that is Spake Nerds Watch for Star Wars Andor, the first three episodes. Uh, you want to hear the rest of us talk talking about Andor going forward. It will be on its own Fake Nerds Watch series. Um, unless we have to do this again, which might happen. Who knows? Time will tell. Um, so yeah, so um, I don't know. I don't really want to close it out because whatever. Let's go into the book club then. Hey, thank you for watching Fake Nerds Watch. This is a regular podcast yeah. episode, so we're going to go to our book club. But if you're watching this on your own, thank you for stopping by. Yeah. All the links are down below. We love you. See you for more Andor. See you for more Andor. Okay. Um, ben? Yeah. Your book club? It is. Take it away. So my book club is a little bit different because it's technically not done yet. So we have chapters one through four of Elden Ring, The Road to the Ur-Tree, art by, I have the name, uh, Nikichi Tobita. And it is, of course, based off of Elden Ring, the famous From Software video game that has taken the world by storm. And the the biggest thing about this manga that we have to... um, straight up layout in the very beginning that they do in the first and like the fifth page is that this is a comedy manga this is not a dark grim and gritty book this is they're making fun of stuff in elden ring and i actually want to know what brandon thinks about this one first because he has yet to play elden no okay guess not all right uh my fellow elden ring boys what'd you guys think of this one um i think the art's incredible Mm-hmm. especially the colored art that's the first couple pages when it's just mm-hmm. retelling the the uh, opening cutscene. yeah um insanely beautiful art and even the black and white pages are really good there's not a lot to bite on here ben. No. 
You know, there's, there's not a lot to talk about because it's just not. this is the story of the game, and the 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 main character is just a a regular dude who talks like this. It's crazy. I'm in a dragon world. Um, I had fun reading it. I I love the art. I yeah, appreciate I mean, it. it makes Blade look real good. Uh, uh, so it's Blythe because it's Welsh. Mm, so Blythe, yeah, yeah. Uh, Blythe. Oh, you're not gonna see it. Yeah, Blythe, oh. uh, the Wolfman. <laughs> He's incredible. They definitely say some. They definitely say taint in the first five pages. I was like, I don't think you had a good enough reason to do that. Oh yeah, no, yeah. Other things, a mature game, so they can be. They can be like this. Um, yeah. I I laughed once. Um, it's when it's when we meet Melina. I think that's the mm-hmm. name, the lady with the eye, and she's yeah. like, uh, and she gives him the the spiel, and then the main character uh, doesn't say anything, and then she's like, "Have you ever heard?" And she's like, "I can I can understand you." Uh. That made me laugh. Otherwise, I loved looking at it. You didn't. You didn't like yeah. the healing potion bottles on the booty. No, I can take it or leave it. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't hate it. It's just like it's. Yeah. It's interesting book club choice then. Yeah, honestly, when I picked it, I was because I saw that it was for free to read, and I didn't realize that it was only the first few chapters, not the first volume of the manga that was available. So when I picked, and then I went back to read the whole thing, I'm like, oh shit! So. It, yeah, just, it was like a, nine minutes. It, yeah, it was. Yeah, this is a super quick read, but it's. I could definitely see. Um, it it is of kind of like a bare bones story, but I do kind of like how the protagonist we're following is. He starts off as like the lowest class that you can pick in the game. Starts off as a wretch, where and because Brandon in the game you can pick what kind of, what your starting class is, and there is a class called the wretch where you show up in a loincloth and a club, and that's all you get. You don't have any armor, no better weapons, nothing. Just that. And I find I still find that funny, but as I mean, I do agree. The art is absolutely gorgeous. I am definitely gonna try and read this more for the art it than anything. Sparks? No, you please. I didn't finish it. That's okay. I was so bored. I was just <laughs> there was nothing, nothing, no references that I got, no humor that I thought was funny. I was just, I fell asleep and I was like, you know what? That's a really good piece of art. Sorry, Ben. <laughs> it's okay. When, it's okay. Uh, I think the best chapter is chapter four with Blythe. I think he's mm-hmm. awesome. I do think I actually, uh, like, he's just a big dog. Like, he, he, he chases a ball. Like, I think that's cute. Um, yeah. If the, honestly, the art, the art, mm-hmm. a lot, I think if you are a fan of either manga or Elden Ring, I think you, this is worth reading at least once just to check out incredibly beautiful artwork with a silly undertone. Yeah, very, very well visualized yeah. the world of the game. hundred percent. Like I, like I will probably continue to read this as it comes out. Uh, Cause again, yeah. it's really fast to read and it's gorgeous to look at, but like, mm. this, yeah, again, it's, it's a, it's a pretty light, light read. A lot of it. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Oh, what was that sparks? I was going to say a lot of it for me, as far as the humor didn't totally work because it's all manga archetypes that you've seen yeah. time and time and time again. The Wolfman character acting like a dog, seen it, done it, loved it the first 25 times, getting a little stale. Um, it's cute, but it's like there's nothing there's nothing new in the world of manga with it. I am mm-hmm. impressed with how well they visualized the world of Elden Ring and that they did it so quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's pretty cool. But outside of that, like every archetype thing about a joke manga here, you've seen it. It is yeah. it is almost frustratingly um uh, uh like tropey. Mm-hmm. Like it is like it like every like especially with that main character, I'm like, no man, I've 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 read a manga before. 
before. I get it. I've watched anime. I get, I get what you're doing here. Um, I, we've read other, I've read the Dark Souls comic and it's awful. That's, that's trying to be like a Dungeons and Dragons where there's like more words on the page than I've ever read in my life. And Dark Souls is not a very wordy game. So that's not what you do. And then we read the Bloodborne comic, which I think the art was great, but the story itself was kind of hit or miss. But I'd rather them, I personally, I think I'd rather them try to do something more like Bloodborne than something like this. Cause like, I don't, I think if like if you don't if you don't play Elden Ring and read this, I don't think this is gonna make you want to play the game. Yeah, because the art's really curious. nice, but that's just the yeah. manga. <laughs> yeah, because uh, one of the things when I was when I first started reading this, as like they tell, it's the the preamble of when you start a new game in Elden Ring, and then I loved, and then once the the piece of art <laughs> was panel, bless you, Thank the you. there was a panel of Melania where you can see her eye through the slits in her helmet, and she mm-hmm. looks terrifying. Oh yeah, and I part of me was like, you know what? If this manga took the turn where it is a serious story, it, it is uh, like yeah, with her fighting Radon, that's such a good shot. That's such a good mm-hmm. piece of art. But then if it if this, I mean, I get that they're like, hey, we have a super serious game, but we're gonna try and make it funny. But if they possibly kept it, no, we're gonna keep it serious and we're gonna give a tarnished a character and give them a give them a story of why they want to become Elden Lord, of why they want to. Don't we run into the, the same problem with the Legend of Zelda manga? How they kind of gave they kind of gave a generic a generic character to Link. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yes. they did. I don't remember that one. Too far gone. It's been it's been a while since I think that was Ocarina of Time yeah, too. It's do, been a while they, since they I read that one. They basically create a generic manga character that is Link. Huh? To to assign him a personality. Yeah. I think that this is a little different because like. Link Link is his own established character, whereas your tarnished is your tarnished, and you can just interpret that differently. You can be anything you want. Yeah. So yeah. like interpreting the tarnished in a different way here wouldn't necessarily like break against the code of the game. But like the fact that they're going for the comedy, it's not even that it's a comedy manga, it's just it's a comedy manga doing every joke you've ever seen in a yeah. comedy manga. And and I will I will get, be more lenient towards it because again, this is like like one person making it and it's yeah. a free webtoon, a webcomic. So like it's not like I paid 15 bucks to read like a, a volume of this bad. Right. It's right. a it's a free thing one person's making, so like I will give it a lot of leeway, um, but like it, it's it's uh, uh, not for everyone. I'll say. Yeah, I agree. Again, I can't stress enough how beautiful the art is, though. I love it. <laughs> okay. Well, anything else you guys want to add, or should we get out of here? Elden Ring. Uh, I do want to bring up Grayson's comment. Not his. Okay. Never heard of Elden Ring. Liar. Uh, I want to bring up this one. It says maybe if they made kind of like an anthology series with Millennia or other key characters and follow them, it'd be better. Actually, I would totally read that where they take the different like how like they give you Radon's story, then they give you Millennia's story, then they give you um, Godric's story. That would be good. And these other characters, the Serpent God. I think there's a possibility for that. I feel like FromSoft wants to have a lot of control of how the lore is handled, so that would take more. Mm -hmm. Dedicated resources and time to do, yeah, sure. because I think if you're going to flesh out the lore and background of the, their most popular game ever, they're going to want to have a say in how. Also, half yeah. of it is like was made by George Railroad Martin, so he'd need to get involved, probably. Sure. True. Which I would love. Come back, George. Yeah. Finish your book, George. <laughs> yeah, actually, no, don't come back. Finish your book. You're right. <laughs> um. All right. Anything else you want to add, or shall we get out of here? Elden Ring. Great game, pretty pretty uh, fine <laughs> humor comic. I mean, if I if I ever see this in trade paperback for, or if I ever see this on the manga racks, I might pick it up. 
because you guys know me. I see video game stuff out in other media. I love, I gravitate towards that, but I'll tell you, I do agree. It's not for everyone. I'll tell you what, Ben, I would not buy this in its traditional black and white manga form. If they released a, like a nice, fully colored version, I would buy it because I really do love the artwork that much. I think, you I know think what? it's I will like looking at these bosses in like this form. I'm like, I want like, I want prints of like the, the opening yeah. cutscene from this book on my wall. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I, res- I rescind my statement. I'll, I'll do what Brian's wants. Cause that's a much be better way idea. More, way more expensive though. So it would, but I'll pay if I'll pay the money. Love it. Okay. Um, so Ryan, it okay. is your next book club, but because we're nope. not doing a book club on the 300th, you don't have to announce it today. I will not but... announce it today. Okay. It will not be so, done. Just a reminder, our 300th episode will not have a book club, and it is next week. 300, guys, if you don't, if you haven't heard already, we're doing Evangelion, the the four Evangelion films, and anime films. I'm very excited. So stay tuned for that. The four Evangelion films, which are not End of Evangelion. That's the other thing I forgot to say. I did this Yeah, I rewatched End of Evangelion. Oh, I, it all came tumbling down, tumbling down. It all came tumbling down. All right. Um, so, just a reminder: the the three hundredth episode, the the main the main topic of the episode will be pre recorded. So, on that Sunday night, you will only get the news, and then the next day, you will get the full thing. Stay tuned. Bing All right. So, what what's part, what 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 pin? What 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 did you say? I just said he said Bing Bong. I said applesauce. <laughs> applesauce, indeed. All right, guys. Checking right. the record. Yes, that is what they said. <laughs> Keeping okay. the minutes. Thank you, course, stethnographer. Uh, okay, so uh, guys, like this video, subscribe to our channel. Two ninety nine is in the bag. Um, if you guys want to watch more fake nerds watch episodes, you can of course check out our channel where we have tons. Um, we will have more fake nerds for Andor, but excuse me, we are also doing the Lord of the Rings, House of Dragon, House of the Dragon, House of the Dragon. Awesome. Uh, um, and She-Hulk are currently going with uh, more potentially to come. Who knows? But so far, it's just uh, Andor on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Uh, we also have Basement Arcade, where it's our video game Let's Play series. Basement Arcade Pause Menu, which is our video game discussion series. And um, Victor Book Club and Animation Station are also shows you can find on this channel. Uh, if you like this video, you subscribe to this channel. And, of course, they have uh, various audio. Some of these are audio as well, so search them out uh we like doing this show we love doing the show if you want to see us do more of the show with all the stuff coming out that we want to talk about um consider supporting us on patreon or t public which are linked below or you can find them on our website at fakenerdpodcast.com uh all the links uh for everything that i mentioned above uh, can be found on that website cool Thank you to everyone who listens. Thank you to everyone who watches the live show. Thank you to everyone who watches the rewind. We greatly appreciate all of your support. You're wonderful. Um, thank you for 299 episodes. If you've been here since the beginning, let me know. I'm curious. Um, thank you to Jeremy Vellucci for all of our music that you heard here tonight, including all of our music for all of our shows. Um, you can find him at Jeremy Vellucci Keyboards on Instagram or Suburban Proctologist, which is his podcast. You can find that on iTunes, Facebook.com slash Suburban Proctologist Official or Instagram at Subproc Podcast. You can also find Jeremy Vellucci appearing on this podcast next week on our Evangelion episode. You are correct. Uh, Jeremy Vellucci will be on on the show. Exciting. 
Thank you to Mike Matola for a couple of our logos, but most importantly for being such a cool guy who just released a Our Flag Means Death print. Go check it out. It is the fateful scene. If you know, you know. Um, did, you see, did, you see, did you see the news today, Brandon? Let's start filming. Steve Steed is back. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, all right. And of course, uh, various, various um, um, collaborations over the years. We love you, Mike. You can find him at Mike Patola on Instagram and TikTok. Um, Fakner Podcast on all social medias, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Fakenerguys at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm at BC McClure on Instagram and Twitter. You can also find my writings on Screen Rant, Atomic Geekdom, and KaiDramaMedia.com, where I am also an editor. Ben. You can find me basking in all the glorious fantasy that we are receiving at BenMagna27 on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. And you can also find me writing for Old School Gamer Magazine, Fusion Gaming Magazine, and GoNintendo.com. And also, if you happen to be at Portland Retro Gaming Expo this October, October 14th, 15th, and 16th, guess what? Your boy's going to be there. So if you see me, come say hi, because I'll be doing a lot of walking around. I'll be doing a lot of talking. And it's going to be a good time. I'm excited. It's my first time ever going to Portland. Yay. Hell yeah. Exciting. Hell yeah. Sparks? Can you hear Sparks? This? Yeah. Can you hear the cat? Yeah. Yes. Great. Uh, you can find me cupping my tushy with glass flask healing <laughs> bottles at SparksWitty on Instagram and Twitter. S-P-A-R-K-Z-Witty. Ryan? Uh, you can find me just continuing to up my street cred in Night City for all of time as the ultimate netrunner at DJ Tony Snark 616. Guys, Cyberpunk's the greatest thing that ever get made. I'm just saying, it's so good. I love it. All right, guys, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music and Pod- Amazon Music and Podcast, and Pandora. Rate and review wherever you get us. We greatly appreciate it. Until next time we see us, guys, stay fake nerds. Stay fake nerds.